Your money, your taxes, your truck, and your road to success in the trucking industry. This is Trucking Business and Beyond, the show that puts the money where it belongs, back in your pocket. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. The website is Let'sTruck.com. The show is all about the business of trucking. It's Sunday, September 24th. We are here live. We'll take your calls and answer your questions about trucks, money, fuel mileage, maintenance, tires, taxes, technology, health and fitness on the road, getting started as an owner-operator, finding freight, working with brokers, getting your authority, The list goes on and on. If you've got a question about anything at all, pick up the phone, give me a call, we'll talk about it. So today, I'm just going to do a little rant in general. I'm not going to spend too much time on this. We're going to get to some phone calls. Uh, Coming up in the second hour, we will be talking with um, a founder of one of the ELD groups. So my rant today is really just in general. Um, Look around the country and... It seems to me we have become a nation of protesters. And there's nothing wrong with that in general. Let me just start with that. There have been things that have been changed over time with protests. None that I can think of for a really long time. We could go back to, you know, the civil rights movement and some women's voting issues. And there have been times where we've made change in this country by being very vocal from the ground up. I've said that when it comes to making change in the tax code, that the way that we're going to be most effective is from the ground up, from a grassroots effort. So as much as I support the fair tax and want to see the fair tax implemented, I'm not going to go spend a lot of time lobbying in Washington. I'm not going to organize protests. I'm not going to try to generate signatures. At this point, those things are kind of meaningless. They don't produce results. You know, when when I talk about this, that I I see all these protests, and I think for the most part, people are really getting tired of this. It's not protesting in the way that actually creates change. It's protesting in a way that just divides the country more and pisses people off. It's not effective. So people will say, well, Kevin, you should stop criticizing them because at least they're doing something. Really? That's the same damn attitude that got us in this in the first place. Well, everybody should get a trophy because they showed up. Well, everybody should pass because they they at least attended class most of the time. So you can't fail anybody. Everybody gets a trophy. That's the same mentality that, well, they're doing something. That doesn't work. Doing something, if it's not effective, can actually hurt the cause. So, no, I'm not going to compliment people just because they're doing something. You have to do the right thing. Maybe you don't always know what the right thing is, but when you try something and there's no results... Maybe you should try something different. When you look around at all these groups that are protesting, are we seeing anybody getting any results other than very, very negative results? I mean, the the big issue right now, obviously, this weekend is the 
pro test by professional athletes taking a knee during the national anthem. First off, I, I, I understand sort of that they're protesting uh, police brutality. Well, what else are they doing to combat that other than just their protest? Now, that's not a protest that I follow much. So I I don't know. Maybe they are out doing something. I haven't seen any good news stories about it. But look at the negative backlash that is coming out of this. um, I'm seeing a lot of it this weekend. We've got Black Lives Matter, Blue Lives Matter, Truckers Lives Matter. Come on. Aren't we tired of that whole idiotic statement anyway? I mean... Come on, don't all lives matter? So not only are we a a bunch of protesters, we can't even be original. You know, we started the lives matter thing, and now everybody uses. I I was shocked when I saw the group in the trucking industry, and believe me, I was behind their argument. A national concealed carry permit for truck drivers. I'm all for it. But, boy, I could not stomach to be a part of it when it was billed as Truckers' Lives Matter. I, and that's all it takes to, to be ineffective. Just piss enough people off and your protest will be a complete waste of time. That's what we're seeing. Here's the other problem. You see these huge, huge groups show up for these protests. But where, all, where are all those people when it comes to really doing the hard work of making change. That's what I'm not seeing. I'm seeing people taking the easy way out, wanting to just protest and wanting things to change when all you have to do is watch the news. They interview the people who are protesting. They can't clearly state what they're protesting about. So, no, I'm not going to give anybody credit just for showing up. That mentality is what's ruining this country. Oh, but they tried. Oh, stop criticizing them. They tried. Trying is a nice start. But really doing the hard work and really being effective and really getting results is all that matters. And then people say, well, Kevin, why don't you fight it then? No, because there's something else I've learned. In life, if you want to be successful... You've got to pick your battles carefully and then fight them effectively. And there are so many examples of why the other side keeps winning. Many times in these protests, things that people are complaining about. I have a complaint about many of those things too. But it doesn't mean that I have to join hands and sing Kumbaya and say, oh boy, don't worry about whether this is a good argument. You're trying. That attitude just makes me insane. It always has. Because I've thought for the last 30 years that that attitude is the downfall of our country. Oh, but they tried. Yeah, okay. Everybody gets a trophy. You tried. It's all that matters. That is a lousy attitude to have. And that's the type of attitude that I see if you try to criticize any of these groups and say, but wait a minute, what are you doing that's really effective? Or just asking them, what is it that you're actually trying to accomplish? 
most of the pro the protesters, the people doing this, can't answer that question very well. So that's my little rant um, just in general about what I see going on around the country right now. Um, clearly, we've had a lot of protesting here where I live in Portland. Most of it seems kind of pointless. Um, we've had a lot of protesting, obviously, in uh, Missouri. Again, looks kind of pr- pointless. You see people damaging. You see destruction. You see fighting. Um, I just don't understand None of this seems to be very effective to me. I don't see things really happening or really changing. So again, I am not against protesting. Not at all. But I just don't see the point in the the, the type of protesting I've been seeing that really doesn't lead to much change. All right, so I'm going to get to a call. Let's start off in Arkansas. Jim, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. Went out and purchased the 13-speed. You had indicated anything with a zero. I get the crash course here. Went out and bought one. Ended up being a double overdrive, in which my glider with a 12.7 in it currently has a 10-speed. So there's really two questions to this. The the 10-speed has a torque of 1650. The 13-speed has a torque of 1450. Does that concern you? I, I would have no problem putting a 2,100-foot-pound engine in front of that 1450 transmission. They are, okay. they are so underrated for what they're really capable of. Now, having said that, I would not do it and then put a new driver in that truck. It does need to be no, driven. Me, me yeah, exactly. It just needs to be driven properly. And that's not even that big okay. of a deal, but it, it'll handle that torque just fine. Okay, in my ten, in my ten speed, I can't really pull tenth gear running sixty-five mile an hour. I almost have to run seventy-two. So you run ninth speed and you overrun the engine quite a bit. And ninth speed is point one, and tenth speed is point seven four. To make the accommodations in the 13 work, am I killing myself saying I'm going to not ever use 13 speed because that's point six two. Eleventh speed will be in between my 9 and 10, which will be point eight five. And Boy, my you got it. will be point seven three. Uh, hold, hold that thought because I think I just missed something there in those numbers. Let me come back. We'll go over those final gear ratios, those gear ratios again, and then I'll answer your question. But I think I missed something. We'll be right back. Stick around. I'm Kevin Rothbard. History of sports, not NFL, sports, and the animated energy <laughs> of the Mad Dog himself, Mad Dog. Christopher Russo. This is the channel to talk about your favorite sports team. Mad Dog Sports Radio, Channel 82, or anytime on the Sirius XM app. In a world 
where mandated e-logs are threatening your driving career, you can be saved by a free all-beef hot dog. How? At a free e-log lunch and learn seminar hosted by the do-gooding team of Dart, ATBS Business Services, and Driver's Legal Plan. Over a free lunch, you'll learn just how easy e-logs can be so you can save your career. For details, visit eldluncheandlearn.com. That's eldluncheandlearn.com. The ELD mandate is coming up fast, but VDO Roadlog has you covered. Roadlog electronic logging devices are VDO certified and FMCSA registered, and they're the only ELDs to feature a built-in log printer to get you through inspections faster. With Roadlog, there's no need to hand over your phone or worry about data transfers. Just tap on the screen, and you get a paper printout that looks just like a traditional log and has all the data you need to get through inspection. Plus, Roadlog ELD. These are available without monthly fees. Roadlog ELD is easy to install, simple to use, and keeps your personal data private and secure. Video Roadlog was developed by Continental, a global leader in ELDs, with over 5 million electronic logging devices in use worldwide. So you can be sure they'll keep you compliant now and in the future. If you worry about the driving, leave the ELD mandate to VDO Roadlog. Find out more at VDOroadlog.com. Owner-operators, does your truck need an engine overhaul but you lack the cash or credit? Is your bruised credit preventing a truck purchase? Call CAG Truck Capital. Good credit, bad credit, startups, and even bankruptcy. Qualify for your loan over the phone at 800-932-CASH. 800-932-CASH. Mention promo code TRUCKS1 and get $500 off your first payment. Call 800-932-CASH. Get the cash you need and get back on the road at 800-932-CASH. The objects people choose to keep in their homes define who they are. Now, Fox News Channel and Harvey Levin bring you the unheard stories of prized possessions and surprising insights from some of the biggest names in the world on their brand new show, Objectified. Go inside the lives of Shaquille O'Neal, Hulk Hogan, Benjamin Netanyahu, Tyler Perry, Judge Judy, Simon Cowell, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and many more. Objectified, new episode Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern, only on the Fox News Channel. Road Dog Trucking Radio. Our favorite color is chrome. Road Dog Trucking Radio, Sirius XM 146. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. The number to join us, 8888-ROAD-DOG. We're going to go right back to the call. So, Jim, give me those um, gear ratios again. What is the final gear ratio, 13th? In 13 is .62, which I would never use. Wow. So, so then you drop so, down to a .73 okay. and a .85. So I would run in 11th wait, gear, which is .85. Wait a minute. Hold on. Which is in between hold, my 10th. Hold, hold on. And that's the reason I was confused. That's a triple overdrive. Okay. I don't, I've don't. i never even seen one. Do you have a model number? Yeah. Yeah. I've looked it up countless times. It is a RT00. One forty-six, one three. Six one three. I'm gonna look that up. That so that means ten. They said it's a 
an old transmission. Really old. Um, I have, I've never even seen one in a truck. I knew that it existed. I've never seen one in a truck. So 10th is actually your direct gear. It would be one, correct. Yeah, 10th is one. So we, you're correct in that we would ignore 13th. I mean, literally, a .62 final ratio. What's your rear end? Uh, 342s. Holy cow. It's a Fitzgerald glider. With 342s and a six, my God, this truck could do 130 miles an hour. Yeah, and I can get the horsepower nor the need. Right. Um, yeah, so really so what... I shoot my feet off using that? I mean, it doesn't um, seem to be a bad combination if you just don't use 13. Yeah, I, I'm, it, it, I would never buy this transmission if I had the choice. Because why buy a transmission with a gear that I know I'm never going to use? But if we already have it, no big deal because we just drive it like 13th doesn't exist. So with those 342s, if you wanted to drive slower, like, um, you know, down into the 55 range even, you know, you could do it in 11th and it might actually work. might be a little high on RPM. You could certainly do it in 12th. 12th that you know right. 60 well, you'll be fine seeing my 10 speed at in ninth gear i probably run at 65 like almost 1800 rpm yeah but, so because that's, that's your if i go to that but point, that's your i'd be between it right that's your direct gear then that's why the rpm so high you've got that big jump from ninth to 10th so you could run in 11th or 12th depending on the situation right. So anytime you're right. putting a, a bigger load on the engine, whether it's a headwind, heavy, really rough road surface, anytime you're putting more demand on the engine, you want more RPM. So that might be a time when you run in right. 11th. If you're on the level, you've got a tailwind, you're not that heavy, then 12th is probably going to work better. Right. See, unknowingly, I got this. And actually, because I just thought, didn't realize there was a double or triple over. Actually, and, triple, uh, turned yeah. Out, I think the ratios are all right. I only paid like 500 bucks for it. Yeah, it, it, the ratios are fine. You're, you're just re- It's going to be a 12 speed instead of a 13. But you're going to end up with the same right. ratios you would have ended up with with a 13 speed double overdrive. Um, but because it's a triple, you're just not going to use one of the gears. Right. Okay, wonderful. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. Yeah, I knew those existed. I've never seen one in a truck. That is a uh, a, a really bizarre setup. Not even sure what I would use it for. It's probably why it isn't around anymore. Let's go to Illinois. Dave, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. I, uh, I liked your intro there. I think I'm going to go to New York and do a protest about them uh, taking you off for the football game again. Ah, yeah, exactly. I, I think that'll work. <laughs> I think go call people names yeah. and break a couple windows and see if you can yeah. uh, get that tell fixed them, for me. Tell them it's the Trucker Channel, not an NFL channel. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, my question today was about, uh, I, I actually want to ask you about rice. Okay. Um, I seem to remember hearing you not too long ago say something to the extent of, and I might be misunderstood or not remembering it right, but 
I seem to remember you saying if you're going to eat rice, you're actually better off with white rice over brown. Am I remembering that correct, or do I have something mixed up there? Nope, you're correct. And let me kind of explain this. We have some foods, and, and let's talk about grains primarily. primarily. Grains, which rice is a grain, they, they actually pose two problems to our diet. The first one is the easy one. All, all the grains are just high in carbs. So if you're trying to eat a low-carb diet or a ketogenic diet, it's pretty hard to eat any of the grains and stay in ketosis. That's just one issue, too many carbs. So then some people say, well, what if it fits into my daily carb count? Which, that's fine. Um, you know, I will occasionally eat ice cream. You know, even if it's high in sugar once in a while, if it fits into my daily carb count, I'm fine. There is another problem with grains, though. That is, they are, they are loaded with what are called anti-nutrients, lectins, all kinds of things that, that are there to try to get things to stop eating them. It's their survival mechanism. So those cause the things that we see like leaky gut and inflammation and the autoimmune conditions. So we have to look at grains two different ways. First off, do we want all those anti-nutrients, those proteins that are causing problems, the negative reactions? No, we don't. So don't eat grains. The exception can be something like rice. If it's whole grain rice, the brown rice, you're getting all of those proteins, all of those lectins. Those are in the outer kernel and the germ. If we strip that off, which is what happens with white rice, we have, we have eliminated one of the problems with rice. We no longer have all those reactive proteins. You can't do that with wheat, by the way. Even white flour has all the problems that whole wheat flour does. There's really not much difference. But rice is different. If you get rid of the brown, the outer coating, the husk, the germ, you get rid of all the, the problems within that grain. Now all you're left with in white rice is basically pure starch. So, you know, it's high in carbohydrates, but if you can fit that in to your daily macros, then there's no real problem. Good example, last night I've been really, really low carb for about a week, and I actually wanted to do some carb refeeding last night, so I had rice noodles. I had a Thai dish that had rice noodles in it. Rice noodles are made from white rice, Basically nothing there but starch. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, so just to clarify, so then like there's there's no such thing as like you, nobody can grow white rice. A white rice was wild rice to it, the husk removed. Is that correct then? Correct. Yeah. Rice, brown rice, white rice. I mean, there are lots of different varieties of rice. You've got purple, you've got red, you've got black, you've got forbidden but but white rice is some other form of rice, could have been many of those, where the outer husk is stripped off and there's nothing left but the starchy inside. Gotcha. And does, does the white rice affect blood sugar any differently than, like, the wild or brown rice would then? It does. It actually spikes it a little faster, which is not really a good thing, but... I'd rather I'd rather deal with the blood sugar issue alone than try to deal with the blood sugar issue and all the problems with the proteins and the lectins and that kind of thing. Gotcha. 
All right, makes sense. All right, thanks for the call. Let's see. Let's head into Florida. Jose, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin, how's it going? Good. What can I help you with today? I, I just had a question about a uh, differential. Uh, I have a 98 Freightliner. Uh, it has a uh, 390, and I'm going to be rebuilding those. Just wanted to check with with you if uh, is is it a hard switch to go to a different ratio? No, no, especially not when you're rebuilding them because there are several other gear ratios that will be able to fit inside that pumpkin. You may not have unlimited choices. Some gear ratios won't fit, but for the most part, most of them will. I mean, you would have no problem going to a 355 or even all the way to a 264, and they should fit right into the original pumpkin. So you're really just replacing the gear sets themselves. If I drive uh, 60 miles an hour for a, like a direct drive, uh, is it a, a 264 or a 279, I believe you said? Is, is, yeah, is that which better? which engine? It has a Detroit 12.7. Yeah, if I, if I wanted to drive 60 miles an hour most of the time, I would spec the 279s with the Detroit. If it were a cat... I would probably do the 264s. Cat likes to run at a little lower RPM. The Detroit likes to run at a little higher. So on the Detroit, with uh, with that speed, I would go with 279s. Okay. So, so you think I, I should be able to switch that over without changing the whole difference? Yeah, I think so. You, you will be able to find a gear close to that, 279, 281, that should fit into that pumpkin just fine. There are some exceptions to that, but I think you should be okay. Stick around. We'll be right back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. self-discovery journey and again at 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. because it is a gift to the world exclusively on road dog trucking radio and on the Sirius XM app this is Ton Ossiard with Creek Carrier Corporation I just want to take this opportunity to say thank you thank you to all of America's truck drivers that are out there safely delivering America's freight truly without truck drivers America stops and with that I want to again say thank you to all the Creek Carrier Schaefer and Hunt drivers and those of you that aren't drivers with Creek Carrier, this is a great opportunity to join our team. Please take a moment to check us out at CreekCarrier.com. Thank you again, and be safe. Oh, wake up. Go. Iowa, Illinois, delivered. Head home. Sharon, Daisy, dinner, bedtime. 
I love this. Whatever you're working toward, we're working hard to help get you there. Shell Rotella, the engine oil that works as hard as you. Finding great candidates to hire can be, well, like trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you can post your job to some job board, but then all you can do is hope the right person comes along, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter is different. It doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them with its powerful technology. ZipRecruiter distributes your job everywhere it needs to be to find the right candidates. In fact, 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within one day. So, while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, only ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for. The needle in the haystack. Used by businesses of all sizes, ZipRecruiter offers the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter free. That's right, free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash try free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash try free for your free trial. ZipRecruiter.com slash try free. I'm Jeff Eno from the Weather Channel with an interstate weather update where we have seen the wintry weather, the advisories for portions of Idaho, Utah, and into the Bighorns in Wyoming. We've seen the flash flood watches in the parts of Texas. And then, of course, we do have some rough surf to deal with, courtesy of Maria, along the Atlantic coast in Florida. But we are also looking at that severe weather threat that will continue to track through parts of western Texas and then all the way up into especially Minnesota, where we see the better opportunities for the storms, and we have seen better shots of storms. Now we're talking about some wet pavement along I-94 from North Dakota into Minnesota, and then you just drop down I-90 from South Dakota into Minnesota and Iowa. Stormy weather along I-80, we've seen that in Nebraska, and we've seen those storms along I-70 as you get into Kansas. Storms become much more scattered as you make your way farther south, Oklahoma, into Texas. Jeff Eno with Custom Weather for Drivers, twice an hour on the Road Dog, Sirius XM 146 and on the Sirius XM app. Good morning. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. The number to join us, 8888 Road Dog. We're going to head right back to the phones. We are off to Nashville. Dave, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin, I have an insurance question for you. I don't know if you got to see a, a video or not. I had a, an accident where a car spun out in front of me. Uh, uh, Lisa, give you the, uh, the video. I didn't see it, no. Okay, so basically it wasn't my fault. Uh, she came across. She was like uh, eighth of a mile ahead of me and just did a 180, wound up in my lane. I had nowhere to go because I had vehicles on either side. Uh, when the state trooper came over, her front bumper was embedded in my truck, and she was getting ready to accuse me of running through her. And I said, that's her front bumper. I have the dash cam video. And as soon as the state trooper saw that, everything changed. She wrote a uh, accident report in my favor. Uh, didn't have to go get drug tested because no tickets were uh, cited. And uh, this woman's insurance company paid for everything under the sun that I asked for, which makes me nervous because if it's that simple, you're doing something wrong. I, I can't figure out what I'm – is there anything I'm missing? The last piece of the puzzle is they want me to sign a release, and my insurance company says um, that's par for the course. I'm afraid if I sign off all my rights that she can turn around and, and you know, the insured sue me 
but my insurance says I wouldn't worry about it because the other insurance paid for everything. I don't think you're missing anything. Um, anybody can sue anybody for any reason. So whether you sign something or not, doesn't matter. Anybody can sue you. All right, you know, that's how our court system works. So I wouldn't worry about that. Um, obviously, all the evidence, if she tries to sue you for anything, the evidence is all in your favor. You didn't do anything wrong here. Um, as long as you have thought through all of your expenses and you're happy. You know, the idea behind insurance is they're supposed to make us whole again. That we should suffer no negative consequences from this. So, you know, we can't do anything about your time and trouble and all that, although we can make it up monetarily. So it's really just a matter of before you close this out, have you thought through everything you want to be reimbursed for? And if you have and they've agreed to it, then this is going to be fairly easy. And that's honestly how insurance should work. It should be easy. You still there? Yeah. Did you hear all that? Oh, oh yeah, I heard the, uh, the end part. Uh, well, in that case, I mean, they even paid my downtime. I came up with uh, a percentage for myself, 606 a day, and a percentage for the company I'm leased to, uh, about 190. It was about 12 days downtime. Uh, they paid everything. So in that case, I would recommend anybody that has a truck better buy a dash cam because this is what happens when you have the, uh, you know, the proof. Yeah, there's no question. You know, having when something like that happens, having that dash cam footage is priceless. Okay, then I got one other question. I bought your fuel um, fuel ninja thing. Okay. And I think it's excellently priced. I think uh, anybody that doesn't know that information already should buy it. But uh, I, I just had one one thing, well, a couple things that I was concerned about. Most of that information is information you should already know. <laughs> yeah. uh, things that I don't understand and would like to learn is um, how this fuel surcharge that's on certain states are handled, and did anything yeah. change in Indiana? Do you know if you're going to be doing any yeah, well, uh, updates well, to those courses as you go? That's kind of the stuff we want feedback about. That's why in most of the courses or the lessons, we actually leave the comments open. We you know make it clear you can email us. Yeah, the beauty of an online course rather than a printed book or something like we produce, is that it's really easy to make changes ongoing and live. So, But let me help you with a couple of those things right now, and then I've got it on my list to add some explanations in the course. What confuses people about the states with the fuel surcharge? First off, let me give you the easy answer. The easy answer is forget them. They are meaningless. They have nothing to do with the calculation or nothing to do with how you should buy fuel. The mistake people make, this is why I separated the course into two parts. How do you calculate fuel tax and how do you pay it? Because this is where people get confused. They'll say, oh, I'm not buying fuel in that state that has that fuel surcharge because I don't want to pay the surcharge. The problem is it has nothing to do with where you bought fuel. When you drive through that state, you are automatically being charged the surcharge. So if that state is the best place to buy fuel, then you're hurting yourself by not understanding that. The minute you drove into that well, state. Do they collect it, 
when, when do they collect the surcharge? Is this, it at the pump or no, after you run the miles? No, that, that's why it's a surcharge, because it's collected on the IFTA report itself after the fact. Okay. Well, what about the change in Indiana? Is everything Same, uh, that, at the pump now? Uh, they did make some changes, but again, it doesn't affect how you buy fuel. It doesn't matter how a state charges at the pump. It only matters their total charge. That's all we should be concerned about, not where they charge it, because where they charge it won't matter. Only, you know, the, the goal, again, that I try to really get across in the course is there are no exceptions to this formula. And, and this is where everybody gets deep into the weeds and gets confused. Um, there are no exceptions. So they, they can change their fuel surcharge amount. They could drop it. doesn't matter because whether they have a surcharge or not, that surcharge is on miles driven, not on fuel bought. Okay, and then the only other thing I would add to that course is um, I didn't realize uh, if they had a website, and that's uh, and when I worked at Landstar, every quarter I'd call them and ask them for a sheet, but now I can just get it directly from IFTA. Uh, you probably might want to add that so people have those numbers. Uh, yeah, I, th- I thought I put a link to the page that we use that updates every day with uh, the average fuel prices. Oh, I'll, I'll have to look again. I, I went through yeah. it pretty quick because it's, it's a pretty quick course. Yeah, we have a page on our website under, uh, what is it under? Sometimes we move stuff around on our website. But we have a link to that page right on our website, and I'm pretty sure I have it in the course. It's under uh, solutions and then fuel price and tax. That page literally gets updated every day. So the fuel tax on that page is current and correct then you'll see the average fuel price, which is updated daily. Then you see the fuel price minus the state tax. So you get to see all three. Okay, well, that's it. Appreciate it, Kevin. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. Thanks for the feedback on the course as well. That's what helps us improve the courses, so I really appreciate that. Let's, uh, let's go to Illinois. Scotty, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. Thank you for taking my call. Hey, I need your help. My GPS went out on me yesterday, and I bought one that my buddy recommended, and it's a piece of junk. Okay. Now, which one do you recommend? Um, I have done a lot of testing on um, GPS. Now, one of the things you're always going to run into is most of the big GPS manufacturers make a ton of different models. So I'm, and then they'll update a model, and it's always it's kind of like phones. It's you know it's hard to tell if you're talking about the same phone, the same operating system, the same upgrade. But in general, yeah. I will say hands down, in the ten years or so I've been uh, testing the truck GPSs, nobody really comes close to Garmin. The quality, the usability, the customer service. Um, I, I still have an original when when Garmin first built the truck GPS. I think this had to be back in like '09, maybe. Um, they sent me a pre-production unit to test. I still have that pre-production unit today. Still use it in one of my personal vehicles. Never even bothered to update it ever, but the thing still works great. I've never had a single problem with it in you know eight years. 
and every other Garmin device. I've never once had a hardware, hardware failure with a Garmin. So every other device I used, I fought with hardware, I fought with customer service. So for me, it, it's pretty clear um, the Garmin has hands down been the best device I've tested. Yeah, well, this one's not a Garmin. It's the other one. And the speaker is so low, you can't hardly hear it. The oh, keyboard is so small on it. I know. I, I know all the problems, the, the, the lighting, the fact that if they use a uh, polarized screen, then if you've got polarized sunglasses, you can't see it. I, I, I've been to, but, yeah. but worse than all of that is when the damn things just keep breaking. They just stop working. That's what really got me about many of the other devices I tried, and it was consistent. I realize any device could break. But that's a pretty strong track record when I've never had a Garmin device fail, not once. And many of the other devices have had multiple failures in very short periods of time. All right, thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. Um, Just so everybody knows, I don't accept a penny from Garmin, never have. Um, Doesn't mean I wouldn't. If I was looking for a new partner around GPS devices, we probably would approach Garmin. Um, I'm a little gun-shy because my last partnership with a GPS device was a disaster. But um, that's where we are right now. Stick around. We'll be right back with more stuff. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Championship. Hear live tournament coverage on PGA Tour Radio, Sirius 208, XM92, and the Sirius XM app. Did you know that smartphone users take 1.2 billion photos every single day? The problem is that most of those photos stay locked up on your phone forever. But now, there's free prints from Photo Affections, the five-star app for iPhone and Android that lets you easily print up to 1,000 4x6 photos a year absolutely free. All you pay is a small shipping and handling charge. You can even print photos at other sizes for next to nothing. Using the free prints app is easy. Just select the photos you want to print, whether they're on your phone or on Facebook or Instagram, choose the sizes, and you're done. Your premium quality free prints will arrive on your doorstep in just days. Free prints is available for both iPhone and Android. Download the app now at freeprintsnow.com and start enjoying real, professional quality free prints. The app is free, and so are the prints. No subscriptions, no commitments, just free prints. Go to freeprintsnow.com to get the app and your 1,000 free prints. That's freeprintsnow.com. Let's go live to Chuck and our news chopper. Thanks, Jeff. There's a big problem for truckers down there. Someone's dumped a massive load of regulations and compliance costs in the road ahead. Wow. Yep, looks like we're dealing with the ELD compliance here. Ouch. I'd suggest Zed. Just $200 gets you everything you need to be ELD compliant with no monthly fees, no contracts, ever. Visit Zed-ELD.com. That's Zed, C-E-D-E-L-D.com. Enter promo code RADIO to save. Owner-operator.
Traders, does your truck need an engine overhaul but you lack the cash or credit? Is your bruised credit preventing a truck purchase? Call CAG Truck Capital. Good credit, bad credit, startups, and even bankruptcy. Qualify for your loan over the phone at 800-932-CASH. 800-932-CASH. Mention promo code TRUCKS1 and get $500 off your first payment. Call 800-932-CASH. Get the cash you need and get back on the road at 800-932-CASH. When you're shopping for a home, you've probably heard the term open concept. On this episode of Furnishing Freaks, open concept. Knock out those walls and open up to open concept. We're talking open concept kitchens, hallways, closets, and bathrooms. But your REMAX agent knows a closed floor plan may give you more privacy when your in-laws visit. The knowledge to find what's right for you. That's the sign of a REMAX agent. Visit REMAX.com. Each office independently owned and operated. Weekday mornings, 11 a.m. East. Free wheeling. We talk about pop culture, talk to celebrity guests, and hear what drivers have to say about the world at large. Free Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. The number to join us, 8888 Road Dog. We lost a couple calls during the break. If you want to dial in right now, you should be able to get through. We're going to head off to New Mexico. Chris, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. I've got three questions for you. Okay. The first one is, is on a 2014 truck with a Cummins in it, how much should I anticipate setting aside for maintenance per mile? So the problem with that, uh, I can't give you a number. I'm going to give you a method. Um, the problem with that is prior to emission trucks, if you would have asked me that question, I could have given you a pretty solid number that would have been close enough to, to be effective. But once we started down the road with emissions and trucks became so much more complicated, that number is all over the board now. And, and there's such a big disparity. I have some people that are able to run those trucks on 12 cents a mile. I have other people spending 26 cents a mile. So if we pick an average out of that, the average is kind of meaningless because there's just too big of a spread to, for an average to be accurate. So the best answer is we have to start building historical data for your specific truck. So with a good accounting system that tracks maintenance cost, the longer we track, the better that number becomes. Like I have people that have been using our software for five years with the same truck. I can go in and pull up their records and tell you exactly what they should be setting aside. And the odds of that changing are pretty slim. Um, So... Rather than give you a number, like I said, it's going to be kind of meaningless. If I give you a number in the middle and you're at either extreme, that number is not going to do you much good. So the the best way to to use it, it's kind of like budget and actual. You know, we budget this much because we think it's a good idea. Then we'll check our actual. We keep adjusting. And pretty soon our budget becomes really accurate because it's based on our data, not a average from a group of people that aren't us. Okay. 
because I haven't bought the truck yet. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to get all my numbers together before I go pull the trigger because I'm thinking I'm on a gross. If I do 46 trips a year with the truck, I'm on a gross about between 175 and 185. And uh, it's going to be around almost 3,600 miles a week, you know, around. Okay. So I'm, I just don't want to get in over my head because the run only is paying surcharge and everything about a dollar and a quarter a mile. Ooh. And I know that's not great. That, that's, that's way, but, way down at the bottom of what's profitable. Um, yeah. How much are you paying for the truck? Uh, probably I have, the ones I've been looking at is anywhere from around fifty-five to seventy-five. So I, I'm not going to say it's not doable. It, it's doable, but uh, um, you're never going to get rich doing this. And there, if you don't run the business really well, you could really, really struggle. At a dollar twenty-five a right. mile, it would not be out of the question to end up down in the forty cent per mile range, net. And I, you know, for me, that's just not enough to be owning a truck. I mean, I can go get driving jobs all day right. long to make that have, not have any risk. Um, why this particular well, job? Now, it sounds like it's dedicated. Is that right? Yes, I'm, I'm a dedicated driver. I'm company driver right now. I can keep this same run that I do, uh, keep my seniority, all that stuff. But my it. idea was is to do this and how, learn what I'm doing and then move on. Okay. So how much do you make now as a driver on that run? Uh, about 1450 a week gross. Okay. So uh, let's so about, see. I mean, I bring home oh. right at 1000 a week. After taxes. After taxes. So you're, so it's not out of the question to make that at a dollar twenty-five a mile. But you want to buy that truck carefully. You know, if you end up with the, one of those twenty fourteens that we can run at twelve cents a mile, you're fine. If we end up at one that's costing us twenty plus, you're going to have a hard time getting to that fifty-two thousand number. So. Uh, if you can afford to live on 40 for six months just to learn and then move on, that might not be a bad strategy. I mean, I, I could see doing that. I, I would just be careful. twenty-five is right on the razor's edge of really being able to stay profitable. Okay. Uh, and I also have to buy health insurance out of pocket, which is going to cost me anywhere from twelve to 1500 a month Ooh. for me and my wife. Ouch. Is that going to be deductible as far as the premium on nope. taxes? Uh, well, yes, on taxes, but not on the business. And that is a big difference, it, and a lot of people don't understand the difference. And, I, and I'll tell you what it is. If I can deduct something off the business, I save roughly 30% of that expense. If I can only write it off my personal right. taxes, I only save somewhere between 10 and 15 about half of the value of that write-off. So there's a big difference there. More importantly, though, than the tax write-off is 1500 a month is now an additional, 
uh, what is that, $18,000 a year that you are currently yep. not spending. That means if we could get your profit to 58000 it's really only forty after you buy your health insurance. Right. I honestly, given that factor, I think you've got to look really, really hard at this. I I, I don't see those okay. numbers working. Yeah, that's I mean that was kind of the conclusion I was coming up with. Yeah, without but the health no insurance we're for advancement. With without the insurance we'd be squeaking by. If you did everything right, we got yeah. we got the right truck. You know, you could still make that, you know, 55,000 or so that you're making now. But it'd be close. Yeah, and and a couple things could mm-hmm. put a hurting on us. But we if we pile $18,000 for health insurance on top of that, that changes the whole game. Is there any alternative other than the medical share thing? Because my wife is disabled. with She has a pain pump, all kinds of other stuff. No. Nope. And I don't think the medical sharing thing would help us. It probably won't because the only reason the medical sharing works is because they manage their costs so well, which is what our health care program never does. That's why we're in this problem. Right. But uh, the the bad news it, at this point for you is, no, there really aren't any other options. And when people are sick, for whatever reason, that's a huge expense. Somebody has to pay for that. And, and insurance companies can't. Right. So I wish I had a better answer for you, but I, I don't. There really are no other alternatives that aren't going to cost you a lot of money. And... The other problem with any discussion about health insurance right now is that it's going to change. I mean, we have a group in Washington that has vowed they are going to change health care. Well, we don't know how. We don't know what that's going to look like. So if you're if you're well, yeah, I mean, I I don't see any good solutions to this problem anytime soon. Um so if you're in that position where you're thinking about going into business and health care is a really big issue for you, and it is, this is a really bad time to do it because we don't know what health care is going to look like six months from now. Okay. Well, then I'll just wait six months or a year and see what happens. And But if... If I was to do this later on, what would be a good number to be at as far as revenue per mile? Uh, you know, the easy answer to this is the more the better. Um, I feel pretty safe at about a buck fifty a mile. I mean, if we're leased to a carrier, we could get down to maybe the dollar thirty-five range. But again, we're using averages. And averages can be dangerous. We like them because they're easy, they're quick. But let me give you an example. If somebody came to me and they were 26 years old and single and said, look, I don't even need to have a house, well, hell, it's easy to succeed as an owner-operator in that case. I mean, we we can get by in the first year making 25000 and call it a learning experience. But when we've got a family, we've got bills, we've got a mortgage, we've got health insurance – you know, we've got to be much more careful about our decisions. So, you know, for you, knowing what I know about you now, 
I don't think I would want to try to run this for less than that dollar fifty a mile number. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you for the information, and I'll start looking. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. See, I love that because he didn't just run out, buy a truck, fail, and then blame it on everybody else. He's actually doing the hard work first. And, and I'm sure he doesn't like that answer. But you know what? I like his answer. Well, I'm going to go see what I can do. He's not complaining that I gave him the bad answer. He's just going to go see how he can fix it. We need more of that. Stick around. We'll be right back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. to you from the hometown of President Harry S. Truman, Kansas City, Missouri. And that, my friends, is the Road Dog Trucking Radio Radio Check. Rest assured, wherever you are, we are. Road Dog Trucking Radio. Hemorrhoids. The pain, itching, and swelling can be unbearable. Too bad hemorrhoid creams like the yellow box you're using typically treat only one symptom. Now there's Rectacare Complete Hemorrhoid Care System with two effective medicines that provide multi-symptom relief in easy-to-use wipes plus a cream for at-home use. Rectacare Complete has the highest concentration of lidocaine to stop pain and itching and phenylephrine HCL to reduce swelling without a prescription. Get Rectacare Complete for noticeable results after the first use at Walgreens, CVS Pharmacy, and Rite Aid. Hello, truck drivers. I'm Carrie Hallett-Paris, and I hire truck drivers for Walmart. Walmart Transportation has driving job opportunities at many locations across the United States. Walmart offers full-time, flexible schedules with competitive pay within the driving industry. Many driver benefits, including medical, start on day one. And no-touch freight driving for an industry leader. Driving for Walmart is a great career opportunity. Why wait any longer to apply? And there are openings for safe professional drivers right now. Walmart pays for mileage, activity, and even offers a safety incentive you can earn each quarter of the year. If you are interested in advancing your driving career, see if Walmart is hiring in a place you'd like to work by visiting www.driveforwalmart.com and then apply online. That's drive, the number four, walmart.com. It could be the last job you will ever apply for. Walmart is an equal opportunity employer. In the aftermath of the recent hurricanes, the American Red Cross is helping people affected by Hurricanes Harvey and Irma. Shelters are open, truckloads of supplies are being distributed, and volunteers are in place. If you'd like to help, please visit redcross.org or call 1-800-RED-CROSS or text either Harvey or Irma to 90999 to make a $10 donation. That's 1-800-RED-CROSS or text Harvey or Irma to 90999. Message and data rates may apply. I'm Todd Borton, Weather Channel, with an interesting weather update. Take a look at the north-south interstates. Watch out for some gusty conditions along I-95 through the Carolinas, even though Hurricane Maria is still well offshore. Still looking at those gusty winds that could be affecting your ride, especially right along I-95, those winds coming out of the east and northeast. Something you just got to watch as you're traveling through there. 
Further off to the west, I-65, a stray shower storm cannot be ruled out in Kentucky, Tennessee, and the parts of Alabama. Same type of thing along I-55 from Missouri all the way down through Mississippi, also affecting I-59 in Mississippi into Louisiana. I-49, an isolated shower storm in Louisiana. I-35, we have some scattered showers and storms from Minnesota into Iowa. A bit of a break, picks back up again in southern parts of Kansas, Oklahoma, into Texas. I-45, a stray shower storm in around the Houston area. And I-29, some widespread showers through the Dakotas and Iowa. I'm Todd Bork with Cuts and Weather for Drivers Twice now on Road Dog Series. It's one forty. Your money, your taxes, your truck, and your road to success in the trucking industry. Now, now, back to trucking business and beyond. The show that puts the money where it belongs. Back in your pocket. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. We're heading into the second hour of the program. Joining me right now, I've got Scott Reed, the trucking advocate. He's the co-organizer of ELD or Me, the Facebook group, and uh, they are taking a stand against the ELD mandate. So, Scott, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin, I appreciate you having me on. Well, great to have you here. So um, I want to get into this. Before I do, I kind of want to give my perspective in general, not necessarily targeting your group now, but why I kind of focused in on on this group. So I've been around trucking a long time, 32 years. I've been through many, many issues. I've been through union strikes and on the other side of union strikes and seen lots of protests. And in the last 10 years, most of the protests I've seen, especially since kind of, you know, social media has made it easier to organize things. Um, many of the groups I, I've watched that want to protest something in trucking have just been very disorganized and they actually do more harm than good. So I do watch out for groups. I'm concerned about the industry, its image. Are we being effective? And when I saw your group, and I saw how big it was, and I made made a response to a comment. And I didn't insult anybody. Okay. I didn't call anybody a name. Um, I just in, I asked a question, actually. Didn't even make a statement. I asked a question. And not unusual for me, and I've got thick skin, so it didn't bother me. I was immediately attacked personally. I was called names, um, just all kinds of stuff. That happens all the time. I'm a public figure. It's no big deal. Um, and then I got banned. I thought, really, even though I have been vocal in disagreeing with the way the group was operating, I've been in support of not only do I not want ELDs, I have been very, very vocal for many years that I would scrap the entire hours of service. We, we would just get rid of the whole thing. But, but any time I come out against a group that's against ELDs, then it's assumed that I must be for ELDs. I saw comments in your group that I must get paid for every ELD sold. Now, that's a pretty ludicrous statement. First off, I don't get paid for any ELD sold. I would never partner with an ELD company. I'm not for them. Um, So my original intent, and I've done this with other groups, is... Not necessarily that I want to be a part of the protest, but look, if you're out there doing the work, let me help you make a better argument. Because that's where I see most of the damage come from in this industry 
is we have groups that that believe something strongly, but if you look at their arguments for from the outside, they're doing it really, really poorly, and they could be hurting the cause. So I, that kind of gave me a chance to get, you know, my perspective out there. Why don't you take a couple minutes and tell us about the group from the beginning, what, what it was intended to do and what you're working on? Well, first of all, uh, I wasn't aware that you were blocked out of the group until maybe an hour ago. Yeah, well, I so, wasn't either. I guess uh, it happened a week ago, but I wasn't aware of it. Uh, and you know, I apologize. I I can't be a babysitter on the on the page all the time. I've got the the, the page is important as far as gathering drivers together. Uh, but if I focused all my efforts on babysitting the Facebook page, so to speak, I probably wouldn't get a whole lot done as far as for what we need to get done in Washington. That's a good point. Um, I mean, I'm constantly on the phone trying to set up meetings with congressmen. Uh, I've even been trying to set up meetings with senators because if we can have an effect and get support for H.R. 3282 with Brian Babin, then, you know, it's got to go through the Senate yet. So, you know, I, I've been trying to reach out and get feelers on where, where, what the Senate's thinking um, and how they feel about it. But to get to your question because uh, we can go 5,000 different ways on this and probably talk for four or five hours. And I yeah. Don't have kind of time. Yeah. Uh, I started advocating for trucking, and this is something a lot of people I'm sure do not know, but I started advocating for trucking about five, six years ago. Uh, and that was duly in part when, you know, they wanted to raise the insurance on us and they wanted to, with the 1 a.m. to 5 a.m., deal and i was able to be a part of that and you know just basically off of trying to be honest and reaching out surprisingly a lot more doors can be opened up to you than what you would think and i think a lot of people are scared because well i don't want to say scared but you know they they've got this feeling that what we say doesn't matter and the government's going to do what they want which that may be the case a lot of times but when you when you start, you know, actually doing something like reaching out to your congressman and you have valid points and you've done your homework on it, that seems to help open up doors for you. So uh, I've been advocating pretty hard on the ELD as well. And I kind of come to the conclusion back in March uh, after I spent a week down in D.C. down there again um, that we need to because of the timeline and the crunch time that we're under that a protest might be the a, a peaceful protest i'm not talking we're not talking 1979 or anything like that a peaceful protest where drivers gather together doesn't matter if you're a company driver company owner even uh independents uh lease operators you know because it affects everybody that Maybe if we could come together, have a good showing down there, that would raise the eyebrows of people in Congress to say, hey, you know, they're saying this, but now we've got all these people coming over here going, no, wait a minute, uh, that's not right. There, there's some issues here. Um, so Tony Justice, I was supposed to have a meeting with him at Matt's, 
Um, but because of him headlighting the concert down there and everything, you know, he was pretty busy. And we got to talk a couple times. I had other meetings going on. This is the first truck show I've been to at Max that I really didn't get to basically party like I normally would. Um, yep. I was meeting with folks and having meetings down there. So our timings just we couldn't match anything up. But uh, through a mutual friend, Richard Wilson, who has advocated for trucking for uh, about a little over 30 years, um, through Richard Wilson, you know, I talked with Richard. I'm friends with him. He's friends with Tony. We ended up finally getting together. Tony had made up the ELD or me page. And uh, before Richard could even get a hold of me to say anything, I uh, I was one of the first ones that Tony added in there, and I sent him a message right away. I was like, dude, if you're really serious about this, I said, I have a plan. And, you know, the plan is is that nobody knows who I am, but everybody knows who you are. So, and honestly, I wasn't expecting to be a guy on the forefront, so to speak, as much as I wanted to be the guy in the background. Right. Um, so that that's how the page come about. And... You know, I know there's been people booted off and there's people upset about that. Uh, you know, we, we there, there came a point on the page, and if you followed the page, maybe you've seen it. It was kind of going down a road similar to Twisted Truckers or something. Which and happens. There was a lot of fighting and arguing going on. And I get that completely. So, I've had to deal with that on social media for decades, so I understand that. Right. So it's it's not about you know because we and I'm not speaking for you I'm just, I'm speaking generally if, if somebody was kicked off the page it might have been because they were maybe cussing a whole lot because you know it's not just truck drivers watching the ELD or me page either I mean there's staffers and uh, from what I understand we've got a couple con a congresswoman and a congressman that is kind of watching the page and you know we're we're trying to put out the professional outlook that we are. And when you got people so, on there cussing and screaming and so let me just ad, let me just address that real quick because I've, I've I made notes about seven things I want to address but I, I want to jump in because I might forget that one. So for, mm -hmm. before I even address that, let me say something. Talking to you now, okay. if your outlook and your personality and the way you are addressing this would have come across stronger in that group, it would have been a very positive thing. You're, you're, and I know you're an admin, and I realize babysitting a page like that is a nightmare. But just from general advice, if your attitude and your approach would have come across stronger in that group, it would have been very positive. I think your approach and your attitude has been totally drowned out. I don't see it in there at all, honestly. Um, and, and what happened to me, I, talk to anybody who follows me on social media. If you can find a damn or a hell out of every 50 of my posts, that's the extent of my swearing. Um, I don't insult people. I don't call people names. I don't swear. Um, I do challenge people's beliefs and their behavior. I don't challenge their them personally. Um, and the people who attacked me were still in the group. That, that lends that air of you know, as long as you're with us, you can do anything you want. If you're against us, forget it. We're just getting you out of here. Now, that's just my, that's what happened in my particular case. So I just wanted to jump in with that because I, I, 
I hear the way you're approaching this, and I think it's exactly correct, with some exceptions. But the group does not come across that way at all. Stick around. We'll be right back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. I'm Brent Musburger, and on the Vegas Stats and Information Network, Channel 204, when the line moves, it's breaking news. Weeknights at 6 Eastern, I'm joined by my guys in the desert to discuss how the day's sports news is impacting the sports books. Then weekend mornings at 11, I'm back to help you make your game day decisions before they tee it up on college campuses and pro football stadiums around the land. The Vegas Stats and Information Network. Odds are you're going to like what you hear on Channel 204 and the Sirius XM app. Me home insurance. Yes, I'd like to make a claim. What are you wanting to claim, sir? My air conditioner broke down. Sorry, but your home insurance doesn't cover air conditioner breakdowns. So what do you cover? Home damage from things like earthquakes, volcanoes, a zombie apocalypse. A zombie apocalypse? But that'll never happen. But if it did, you'd be covered, sir. But not my air conditioner? I'm afraid not. But his air conditioner could have been covered with a home warranty from American Home Shield. We cover major components of air conditioners, plus 20 other home systems and appliances, like electrical systems, plumbing, refrigerators, and more. For valuable free information, call 1-800-700-4350. Homeowners insurance can cover what might happen. Zombies are coming! But a home warranty helps cover what will happen. Now the dryer won't work. Be sure with the Shield. American Home Shield. For valuable free information, call 1-800-700-4350. That's 1-800-700-4350. 1-800-700-4350. Policies issued by American General Life Insurance Company, Houston, Texas. Not available in all states. For details, visit AIGdirect.com. Do you have a family? Would you like to help make sure they'll be taken care of if anything were to happen to you? If you answered yes, you probably need life insurance. Now, do you think life insurance is expensive? If you answered yes to that, too, you definitely need to give AIG Direct a call. We could find you a quarter of a million dollar policy for just $14 a month, which means you could save hundreds of dollars a year. Call us now for a free, no-obligation quote. 1-800-700-9920. Since 1995, we've helped millions of people find out if they could save up to 70% on their term life insurance. See how affordably we can help you protect your family. Call AIG Direct now for your free quote. 1-800-700-9920. You could save up to 70%. That's 1-800-700-9920. 1-800-700-9920. Owner-operators, Roadrunner has options for you. Our refrigerated division is now offering up to 74% revenue percentage pay. At our LTL division, owner-operators can receive up to a $10,000 sign-on incentive. Roadrunner has company driver options for you as well. Company drivers earn up to 45 to $0.50 cents per mile depending on division. And our lease purchase program remains one of the best in the industry with new and late model equipment available. To join our family, call 888-456-0885 or visit joinroadrunner.com and make tracks today. The Dave Nebo Show, 7 a.m. East. Your talk and conversation open to uh, everybody in trucking. Road Dog Trucking Radio. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. This is Trucking Business and Beyond. I've got Scott Reed, the trucking advocate, with me from the Facebook group ELD or Me. So, Scott, um, real quick, let me get into what I saw as some of the biggest issues. 
um, and then I'll let you address those. So the first one, my first biggest issue that just frustrates the hell out of me, and unfortunately we can't change this one now. So most of the time on this one I'm just venting. Um, I can I can bring up shows that I recorded back in 2008. And back in 2008, I was saying, look, I just spent a week in Texas at one of the trucking events. I spent a lot of time with somebody who is in the running to become the new ATA president. Now, I don't work with the ATA. They have nothing for me or my listeners. They are clearly a very large trucking company organization. That doesn't mean I don't spend time at their events and I don't follow what they're doing. I think that's smart to do that. So I actually, uh, this, was a, this was a TCA event, the Truckload Carriers Association. I have worked with them over the years. I have accepted money from them for speaking engagements, and that's what I was doing at this event. I was speaking. Um, I happen to run it's into not all that bad. What's that? I said TCA is not all that bad. They've done um, some things that have actually kind of beneficial for us. Yeah, you know, as far as the driver and the owner-operator are concerned, you've got a better shot at TCA of having things that might be more aligned with what we want to see happen. The ATA clearly is a run by the largest trucking companies. Uh, most people don't even realize the way you pay dues to the ATA if you want to belong to the ATA, the way you pay dues is based on revenue. The more revenue a company makes, the more they have to pay to be a part of that group. So you obviously know the more they pay to be a part of that group, the more clout they have. That, that's how that organization works. That doesn't mean I don't want to be paying attention to what they're doing. Um, I absolutely want to know what they're up to because most of the time I disagree with what they're doing. Uh, but this person was clearly in line. He didn't end up becoming the president at the time, but he was in line for it. And he told me then, he said, look, this is not, we were talking about ELDs. He said, this is not a matter of if. That is already a done deal. This is just a matter of when. That was almost 10 years ago. And I came on the air and started talking about it then. The listening session started in 2012. The comment that I believe got me thrown out of your group, got, certainly got me a lot of insults, wasn't even a comment. It was a question. I asked somebody, which listening sessions did you attend? Because my point was, and this is what kind of pissed me off, was we have a clear method of dealing with government and regulations. And we might not like it. It's not the best system in the world, but it is the system that we need to work in and when I saw a group of 18,000 people who were going to go protest, and there weren't even 18 drivers at most of those listening sessions, that was part of my big gripe. And that, unfortunately, we can't change that one. We can't go back now. But we have had years to address this. And as an industry, we didn't. So it obviously wasn't that important to anybody. The problem it creates now, and maybe I should ask you because I might be complaining to the wrong person. What is the ultimate outcome you want from this? Well, basically the ultimate outcome is it should be a choice. If you want to have it, that's great. You know, because for us to say that you should not have it and nobody should have it, so, uh, that's kind of hypocritical to say, well, if you want, that takes away your freedom of choice of wanting something. Well, that's so, not, I, I, mean, I understand. If you have an ELD, that's, 
I understand what you're saying. Well, we don't need any – we wouldn't even need a law for that. If an ELD exists, somebody wants to use it, nobody would ever stop them from using it. So the issue isn't right. – yeah, so that's, that's kind of a non-issue. The issue is are we going to be forced. So let me just say this then. The bigger – if. Well, let me address that one, because you do ultimately want the ELD mandate to go away completely. That was kind of what I was trying to get to. My, my point on that is we did have a clear path towards this. We had listening sessions. We had years we could have addressed this. It wasn't addressed, not, not very well from our side of the industry. There wasn't a good organized fight against this. So the other side won. They got the mandate put in place. To try to turn it over now, to me, is incredibly disruptive because the other companies, and, and I am not here to defend them. That's what's always going to come out of this. People are going to say, well, Kevin's just defending the big companies that make ELDs. No, I'm just looking at the rule of law and that they followed it. And when it became a mandate, they invested lots of time and resources and money following the rule of law. And now if we overturn this, what do you say to all those companies that invested all this money? They, they did it right. Whether we agree with them or not, they followed the rule of law. Well, the biggest issue with this here, and, and honestly, for me, and I know a few other people that I, I'm dealing with, for us, uh, you know, Scott Jordan over at Black and Blue, you know, and a few of those guys, the biggest issue that we have here is the fact that as not only a truck driver, but as an American, we feel that this violates our Fourth and Fifth Amendment rights. And I understand that Oida got turned down on that argument, but we also won that argument two years before. And Congress themselves even admitted and I believe it was 2003 that implementing this device would be infringement of a Fourth Amendment right, and that's in the National Register. Well, let, so, me, let me say that. Let me just ask you a question about that specific issue. Okay. How do the hours of service themselves not infringe on that right? Kind of does. No, it, it absolutely do does. That? Not I kind can't. of. I, I not not kind of. It absolutely does. We, As truck drivers, we gave up that right in 1938. So, again, if somebody wants to make the constitutional argument, which I'm not against, I, I agree. I don't necessarily want to give up those rights just to drive a truck, but I did because that was the system. If that were important enough to me, I would have been fighting that constitutional argument a long time ago. That, see, that's where I think this, and that's why Oida lost that one. That, that argument doesn't hold water. We gave up that right in 1938, and we've allowed it all this time. Well, but Oida didn't go after with the Fifth Amendment either. So give me, I, I'm not even sure I get the Fifth Amendment argument on this. Tell me how that works. And the Fifth Amendment, and I'll grab it right here, so I'm explaining it directly word for word. In the Fifth Amendment, in the fifth part, it says 
a guarantee that the government cannot seize private property without making a due compensation at the market value of the property. While the Fifth Amendment originally only applied to the federal courts, the U.S. Supreme Court has partially incorporated the Fifth Amendment to the states through the Due Process Clause of the Fourteenth Amendment. The right to, by the grand jury has not been incorporated, while the right against double jeopardy, the right against self-incrimination, and the protection against arbitrary taking of pri private property without due compensation have all been incorporated to the states. Um, uh, hold on, because I, I, before you go any further on that, I'm still lost. Give me a real-world example of how the ELD ch t took away that right. Well, I own my truck. That's my property. That doesn't belong to anybody else. Right. And property in the Fifth Amendment is not limited to land like some people no, want to argue. No, I, I, don't, I won't make that argument. I, personal property I get, so I, I'm still with you on this. So my truck is my property. Right. I own that truck. It is mine. It doesn't belong to anybody else. I paid for it. Okay. That's my, that's it, my personal property, too. Uh, right. Now I get that. So when you take and, and you take and mandate a law that says I have to put a tracking device, which I think a lot of people are confused on the ELD. ELD is an EOBR with an electronic log attached to it. There is GPS in that box. Absolutely. That tracks it. Yeah. So that, I think, makes the Fourth Amendment a stronger argument. I, I don't I don't think so because again that device used to be a logbook. It, it all, all the only argument is is it electronic or is it paper? You, you 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 gave up that right again back in 1938. The that word in there arbitrarily. Nobody is arbitrarily allowed to take your truck away from you. That's a that's an important word in that sentence. There's nothing arbitrary about this. They have very clear guidelines on when they could do something like that. But but the real argument here is that if we gave up those rights, we gave them up in 1938. It's just a matter of how they track it. The, the, technically, we could say the logbook was a GPS. You have to tell them exactly where you were. And you have to sign that document saying this is true and correct. That's the, You've already given up the self-incrimination and all of those rights that that's really my point is that we're arguing the wrong issue and we'll end up looking like idiots I, i'll let you address that and respond to that when we come back stick around i'm kevin rutherford Started as an owner-operator, finding freight. The show is about the business of trucking. Keep the money you earn with Trucking Business and Beyond. It's more than fuel. It's more than truck payments. It's more than maintenance. It's more than insurance. Weeknights at 12 a.m. Pick up the phone and ask the question. On Road Dog Trucking Radio. 
On the road, safety's everything. That's why Help Inc., provider of PrePass, has invested $700 million into making our roads safer. With PrePass way stations, bypass, and e-tolling, you avoid congestion around way stations and reduce the need to merge in and out of traffic. And transponders are hands-free to help you stay focused. We offer one month of free service to try before you buy. 888-559-PASS and use the promo code ROADDOG or visit prepass.com slash roaddog. 888-559-7277 or prepass.com slash roaddog message and data rates may apply attention if you're experiencing hair loss and you want a permanent solution grab your phone because an incredible offer that could give you your hair back is just one text away bosley is america's number one hair restoration expert always pioneering the latest technology and now we're giving everyone who texts easy one one to five four three five four three an absolutely free information kit that reveals just how easy and affordable this permanent solution really is don't wait when you text easy one one to five four three five four three we'll also give you a gift card for two hundred fifty dollars off millions of men and women have come to bosley for a permanent solution to hair loss so text now and see for yourself how great your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit. Text easy one one to five four three five four three. Plus, get a free gift card. This amazing offer is just one text away. E A S Y one one to five four three five four three. Tom Gurdjian here, chairman of Hirschbach Motor Lines, with exciting news. In addition to a mileage pay increase, we improved our industry-leading fuel program. Lease operators pay only 69 cents per gallon guaranteed for a limited time if you sign on now. Hirschbach has over-the-road and dedicated fleet openings for operators and drivers. Call 888-261-1351 or log on to joinhml.com. That's Hirschbach Motor Lines, 888-261-1351. I'm Jeff Eno from the Weather Channel with an interstate weather update where we have seen the wintry weather, the advisories for portions of Idaho, Utah, and into the Bighorns in Wyoming. We've seen the flash flood watches in the parts of Texas. And then, of course, we do have some rough surf to deal with, courtesy of Maria, along the Atlantic coast in Florida. But we are also looking at that severe weather threat that will continue to track through parts of western Texas and then all the way up into especially Minnesota, where we see the better opportunity for the storms, and we have seen better shots of storm. Now we're talking about some wet pavement along I-94 from North Dakota into Minnesota, and then you just drop down I-90 from South Dakota into Minnesota and Iowa. Stormy weather along I-80, we've seen that in Nebraska, and we've seen those storms along I-70 as you get into Kansas. Storms become much more scattered as you make your way farther south, Oklahoma, into Texas. Jeff Eno with Custom Weather for Drivers, twice an hour on the Road Dog, Sirius XM 146 and on the Sirius Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. The number to join us, 8888 Road Dog. I'm going to go back to Scott Reed, the trucking advocate. He's one of the co-founders of the group ELDRME. So, Scott, real quick, I'm going to let you uh, respond to everything I said there. But I, I kind of want to say again, you and I are probably going to end up disagreeing on several of these points. We'll probably end up agreeing on many of them. Had your personality and your approach come through stronger in that group, it would have been far more effective. And again, I realize how unruly Facebook groups get. It's a double-edged sword. It's a great way to get numbers. It's tough to keep it under control sometimes. And and 
the the arguments that I saw being made in that group consistently over and over and over are going to hurt the cause. Well, I hope that we're that 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 what you think is wrong. I hope. Yeah, and honestly, I, I, you know, I don't know, I don't normally hope that I'm wrong, but this would be one of the times. I mean, I, I wish there, and again, people say, well, why didn't you fight this? If I had to go fight every issue that's ever come up that somebody asked me about that, there would be no radio show, there would be no software, there would be no events, there wouldn't be any of the stuff I do as a company. So I, I choose my battles very carefully, and if I'm going to choose a battle, I try to fight it well. And in this one, honestly, when I got in the group, I wanted to help. The arguments, and I'll give you some, and then you can respond to it all. But um, I, I, I was actually going to go in and pull some responses today when I found out I had been banned. And my point was only not to point out each individual, but I went through a list the last week when I was on there. I pulled 30 responses randomly. 28 of those responses were arguments about hours of service, not ELDs. And this whole thing is really about hours of service. And people say, yeah, but we got to stop the ELD first. But when you make the argument that ELDs aren't flexible, yeah, we get that. But what you're telling the public and what you're telling lawmakers is they don't let us cheat. What, what every argument that I saw was basically saying, we've always cheated. We still want to be able to cheat. I, that's and even if it's the truth, I get it. The the hours of service are too restrictive and not flexible enough. But when we make the argument that the ELD is the problem, we're just giving the other side tons of ammunition that they will use against us. And and in two other arguments I heard that will be turned on their head and used against the group is too expensive. The cost is a burden. Uh, making that argument, all somebody has to say is say, look, you could do this for less than 100 bucks, and they're going to throw out the safety issue. I, look, you and I would probably agree there is no guarantee that ELDs are going to make anybody safer. They could have the opposite effect. No. They could make their streets I mean, less you... safe. I get that. But try to convince a lawmaker or the general public that they believe this is a safety issue. If we make it a money issue over a hundred bucks, they will kill us with that argument. And then it, it, one more, and then I'll let you respond. If we also make the argument that you're going to put me out of business because of the restrictive nature of the ELDs, again, you're just telling everybody, the lawmakers and the general public, that the only way I can afford to stay in business is to cheat. And these just won't let me cheat anymore. It's just a horrible argument. Well, if you, through my advocating, my whole ELD starter was the ELD combined with the hours of service could possibly have a bad effect on the economy and safety. And even when I took on members of the Senate subcommittee in Washington, talking with them, you know, some people might hate me for what I'm about to say, but you know what? I got to be honest about the situation. Just because somebody's cheating doesn't mean they're doing it in the outlaw way that we have been perceived. 
doesn't mean that it doesn't happen anymore, but it's a lot harder. I think you could agree it's a lot harder for that to happen today than it used to be. Correct. Does that make sense? No, it does, and I agree with you, which also makes the Fourth and Fifth Amendment argument even more difficult. I agree with you. I was around 30 years ago when you could cheat your logbook all day and never even think about it. It was easy to do. Now you have to worry because you've got cameras, toll booths, electronic sensors all over the place. Those have already taken away our Fourth and Fifth Amendment rights, and we allowed that a long time ago. So I'm with you. It, it, the cheating isn't as bad as it used to be, but we either have to live by a set of rules or we have to change those rules. And as an industry, we took the easy way out. We didn't try to change the rules because it was too easy to cheat. Well, now look at the ways that we do cheat. And I think just about, I'll say 90% of drivers are guilty of it. You get 15 minutes away from home. You ran out of time on your clock. How many guys are actually going to stop 15 minutes away from home when they got a 34-hour restart date? You're driving down the road. You get a migraine. You're not fit to drive at that point. You pull over. You go in the bunk for three or four hours. You can't stop your 14 for the day. Valid argument. You know, now now that you get up, you drive, you finish out your day, finish out your, the rest of your day, now you're sitting six hours into your 10 hours off, and you're not sleeping because you're not really tired at that point. You get up to Washington, D.C., and I use this example down there, and I think I really hit home with that. Washington, D.C., Columbus, Ohio, Chicago, Kansas City, rush hour traffic. Guys getting up there. Let's say you're going up to Chicago. You get up to Gary, Indiana, and you go, you know what? rush hour traffic, all I'm going to do is burn up time, worry about hitting somebody, maybe getting in an accident. I'm going to stop here, the Petro or whatever, go inside, get a decent meal, get a shower, maybe take an hour or two nap, and then get up about 7, 7.30 and just breeze right on through Chicago. Thus, by doing that, you're taking your truck out of the equation of possibly getting into an accident, which means you're not becoming an insurance statistic. Then you're not putting anybody's lives at risk, like fire, EMS, police, because, one, they're in a hurry to try to get to the accident through that rush hour time. So let me, let, me, two, let me stop you. And, and the only reason I'm going to stop you, Scott, is because you and I and almost any driver with at least a year experience could, could give these examples for the next eight hours. We have. that We've all made right. these arguments. But, but, again, my problem with it is, the more we talk about those things, the more we're strengthening the fact that we're fighting the wrong issue. Those are all, every single example you just gave me is an hours of service issue. It's not an ELD issue. The only true ELD issue is the, the intrusion of the device. That, that's the only legitimate argument you can make against ELDs, and I don't think you're going to win that one. But that's the only true argument against the ELD itself. The rights are not an issue. We gave those up a long time ago. The, the, the stupid, restrictive nature of, of all the things you just gave us, which are all great examples, we all agree on them, that's not an ELD issue. That, that's an hours of service issue. And that's, that's where this whole thing falls down is there has not been 
the the emphasis on we are fighting hours of service because that's really what every argument being made is an hours of service argument not an ELD and unfortunately when you give the other side that much ammunition and that much low-hanging fruit I don't think you got a prayer they're just going to turn around every time and say that example you just gave me you cheated that that's why it wasn't a problem anymore because you decided to cheat so instead of arguing that we need to fix the rules we're just arguing about the referee we're never going to win that but let me go one step further all of those examples you just gave me clearly people cheat in those the 15 minutes from home hell i'm going home we all are but there's another huge place that gets cheated on that anybody that that on either side of this argument should be able to figure it out pretty quick. And that's when we don't even bother starting our logbook until we're actually under the load and rolling. And that is a big one. You, You know you have guys getting up every morning, sitting at a dock, waiting to get loaded. They could spend eight hours there, and you know they're not going back to the bunk. They're driving. And they're just going to not start their logbook until they can get away with it. That is still a very common practice today. And they can cheat the e-log, too. So how is that going to improve safety? It's not. I've never made the argument that e-logs, e-logs will improve safety. I've fought the other way. I, I believe that there will be unintended consequences that e-logs could be a lot less safe. So I, I, I've, but again, it, it's not an e-log argument. The e-logs aren't going to make it better, but they're not going to make the cheating worse. Actually, they will make cheating better. We can argue all day long that you can cheat e-logs, but it's a whole lot harder and a whole lot less likely to happen. But again, the point here is hours of service, not e-logs. Scott, when we come back, I'm going to give you one more segment. I'm going to make it almost all yours, and I may jump in once in a while, but I'm going to give you uh, a segment to... Kind of respond or add anything you want. We'll do that right after this. Stick around. I'm Kevin Rutherford. This XM's Progress, the only place for progressive liberal talk, presents a special town hall event with former First Lady, Secretary of State, and presidential candidate Hillary Clinton. Donald Trump was looming behind me. Hear firsthand about the 2016 campaign on the heels of her new book, What Happened. What I thought was going to happen, it'd be a close, hard-fought campaign, but I would win. A special town hall with Hillary Clinton, hosted by Zerlina Maxwell. Tomorrow, 8 p.m. East, only on Sirius XM. Progress 127. If you're the mom of a child who struggles, you've searched high and low, trying everything you can to help your child. From tutors and counselors, specialists to even pills, you've tried them all with little success. You need to know there is a program that has helped more than 5,000 kids last year alone. The best-kept secret? Brain Balance Achievement Centers. Brain Balance is a revolutionary, drug-free, whole-child solution that deals with the root cause of issues like ADHD, dyslexia, and many other processing and behavioral challenges. The combination of sensory motor exercises, cognitive training, and a strategic nutrition plan doesn't just compensate for your child's issues, but addresses the root of the problem. If your child has trouble making friends, is disruptive in school, or frustrated to the point of tantrums, there is relief in sight. Brain Balance Achievement Centers, the best kept secret. Learn more at brainbalance.com or call 800-877-5500. 
put your child on the path to success. Do you have time to relax? No, most people don't. That's why they're Soothe. Soothe is the global leader in on-demand massages. Get a massage delivered to you with the Soothe app. Now listeners can download Soothe today and get $20 off with code NEWS20. With over 10,000 professional massage therapists across 57 cities worldwide, there's no better way to get a massage than using Soothe. Deep tissue, Swedish, sports, or prenatal massages are available. Download the Soothe app today from the App Store or Google Play and get $20 off your first massage with code NEWS20. That's Soothe, S-O-O-T-H-E. Download today and use code NEWS20 for $20 off your first massage. Soothe, on-demand massage delivered to you. Unwind no matter where you are with Soothe. Download the app today and use code NEWS20 for $20 off your first massage. You could even have a massage tonight. And don't forget to use code NEWS20 for $20 off your first massage. Soothe, spa quality massage, anytime, anywhere. Introducing new Pro V1 and Pro V1X. The new Pro V1 is our longest ever, with lower long game spin, a penetrating trajectory, and even more consistent flight. The extraordinary distance and high launch of the new Pro V1X is enhanced with improved aerodynamics for its most consistent flight ever. Both provide total performance for every player. So whether you choose new Titleist Pro V1 or Pro V1X, you are making the best choice for your game. If you got it, I'll bet just about anything that a truck brought it. Road Dog Trucking Radio. Series XL. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. The number to join us, 8888-RODUG. We are going to get back to those calls right after this last segment. Talking with Scott Reed, he's the trucking advocate, uh, co-founder of the ELD or Me Group and the ELD protest coming up. And, Scott, one more thing, one more question for you, and then I'm going to give you the rest of this segment if you want it, um, to respond to anything I've said or make any new points. Um, One of the arguments that I saw in there that I never really got an answer for was um, the, this push to convince the general population that this was going to drive up the cost of everything. What, what, what's that about? What, what's the argument there? I can't say because I didn't tell the public that. <laughs> well, uh, and that's kind of my point. I, I mean, I, is there a possibility of it? it you could be. I mean, oh, clearly there is. Clear. I, I'll address how it will rise, raise the cost of everything. I agree with the statement. I think it's a horrible argument to make in this context. And here's why. If there is rampant cheating, and, and most people in the industry believe that there is, um, under the current rules, we also believe the current rules are way too restrictive and they're a mess. That's my point. This is an hours of service argument. But under the current rules, we believe there is rampant cheating. I, I, I would agree with that. Um, so if we stop that cheating, or at least we cut it way down because electronic logs will be much more difficult to cheat. Not impossible, but more difficult. Less people will do it. That has to decrease capacity. Because now all of a sudden you don't have drivers that have all these extra hours they were fudging before. 
So now you have less capacity. This is economics 101. If you decrease capacity and you haven't changed demand, then prices have to go up. I agree that the price of everything will go up under this mandate. The reason it's a lousy argument is the, this, these same groups that, and us as an industry, we've fought for decades saying that our rates are too low. I, I don't see anybody running around trucking going, oh, no, don't pay me anymore because that will raise the cost of everything. Nobody's going to do that. So it's really disingenuous to try to use that argument now. And, and like I said, if this comes down to a true debate and we're talking to people in Congress or other groups that oppose this, they will eat us alive if we make arguments like that. Well, my big issue here is, is you, I, don't, I don't disagree. Hours of service is an issue. Hours of service is something I've been pushing from the word go. It doesn't fit for everybody in the industry. The ELD, and, and here's, here's my personal feeling on it, the ELD is going to put more people at risk before anything's fixed on the hours of service. So the importance of stopping the ELD, in my eyes, might save somebody's life. I don't disagree with you. It could. Um it's very hard to prove one way or the other on, on either side of that argument. Well, but but let me – it's just really hard to prove. It's speculation, and I don't disagree with you on that. I think it will. Um, people die every day from lots of decisions one way or the other, just cruel as that might sound. Right. But, but here's the other argument I would make, again, to get focused on what matters, is I've been in the industry 32 years. The rules have been around since 1938. We've all bitched about them the whole 32 years I've been in this industry, and they have never changed. Uh, you know, and when they did change, guess what? They actually got worse. We would all agree on that. Most of us would rather go back to the pre-2003 rule. Many of us would like to see the, the new rule with just a couple changes, the 14 hours, some other things. But my point is... If if we lived with those rules since 1938, even though we hated them, they've never changed. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. What we've done since 1938 hasn't worked. My point now is let the damn mandate go through. We, we, we should have fought this a long time ago. We didn't. Let it go through. It will be the only thing that will actually trigger real change in hours of service. Yeah, the LD has actually created people to take a stand on something, too. It can open the doors to fix things like hours of service, driver training, which is a big but, issue. If you notice, since the hours of service or since the ELD mandates went into effect, if you look at the reports on crash ratings, truck accidents have gone up. It, no, no question. So, and, and, Scott, here's my point, though. Look at the people we have to fight. Look at the arguments we're making. We're not talking about hours of service. We're, or, or, I mean, we're not talking about ELDs. We say that's our problem, but it's not. It's the hours of service. To say we should have fought it a long time ago, I, I agree. We should have fought it a long time ago. We didn't. That was our fault. Now, even when, like I'm going all the way back to 1938 or 2003 when they started screwing around with them. But forget that. 
even when they told us the ELD is coming, this didn't happen. I, it, 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 we, we're way, way, way too late to the game, and I think now it would be time to step back and say, wait a minute, you know, we can't change the past. I'm not pointing out the past just to keep pointing it out, but how do we change this going forward? Because if we keep arguing this as an ELD issue, we're going to lose. Well, you know, I wasn't around 32 years ago to, to fight this. I mean, that's <laughs> I could only do what I could do when it was presented to me. In fact, I'll tell you, I'll be honest with you, I, I was one of those guys myself back then that, yeah, they're going to do what they want to do, and what I say doesn't matter until I got upset about the 1 a.m. to 5 a.m. thing, and then I got involved with that, and I was like, well, hey, there's actually some people that will listen to you. And it just kind of took off from there. And, you know, I still say whether it was shot down by Supreme Court or not, and it still violates our Fourth Amendment. I mean, you're you're monitoring us 24-7 in our trust. We're just going to have to agree to disagree on that one because the ELD doesn't change that. They've they've monitored us 24 hours a day since 1938. That's a fact. That's why that— They're actually putting an ankle monitor on us, basically. What, again, again, it's either it, it's not an ankle monitor. They're they're not putting it on your person. This is a commercial vehicle. I mean, it, this argument has made, been made so many times in so many industries in so many cases. It loses every time because it, it the letter of the law is not being broken. We, we give up lots of rights in this country for lots of different reasons. If you want to just live, then all of those rights are probably protected. If you want to drive a vehicle, some of your rights go away. If you want to own a gun, some of your rights go away. We gave up that Fourth that Fourth Amendment right a long, long time ago. In 2015, the U.S. Supreme Court said in a unanimous decision that you cannot put a GPS tracker on a vehicle or your personal effects. Com- personal. Personal. Not commercial. Vehicle that, and or that, any of your personal effects. Personal. Vehicle. They did not use the specific term commercial vehicle for a reason. Because if we say vehicle, we assume personal. They didn't that's, say personal vehicle neither. That's because they don't have to. It's one of those phrases that by default... Vehicles personal. We it, we would have to identify it as a commercial vehicle, like lots of laws. There are lots of laws that only apply to commercial vehicles, not personal vehicles. So anyway, I, I think you and I are probably down to, to picking nits right now, and, and on, on a lot of these, I, I think you and I agree on a lot. And I th- again, I'm going to say it again. Had your personality and your perspective come out in that group, we probably wouldn't be having this discussion at all. Um, I, I think you've gone about this the right way. You haven't been in the industry that long. But what you've done is the correct way. Um, the group, you would never know that, ever. I mean, I've talked to a lot of people, and, and it, it's unfortunate. So we've only got a couple minutes left. I want to give you a chance to, to promote your group and your effort. So take the last couple minutes and you know let people know how they can join you, how they can support you. Well, I appreciate you having me on your show for starters before we get cut off. Uh, you know, ELD or me was designed for people to take a stand. 
and people have come to the point of wanting to take that stand. And it's our belief that if we show up in Washington and we show a good force and make a, with good numbers and that we present valid arguments, which our perspectives of belief would be uh, the reality of the situation and how it's going to affect things and how it's going to affect the economy, that maybe we'll get some change made into that, whether it's hours of service, getting rid of the ELD mandate, or, you know, maybe they'll fix the hours of service and then the ELD mandate won't be an issue if they can work it that way. Uh, even though, you know, we still believe that it might be a, a violation of our Fourth and Fifth Amendment rights, whether determined on how you want to look at that. So uh, if anybody wants to see a part of it, they can go to ELD or me. Um, we're not the only group out there. There's also Operation Black and Blue going on. Uh, those people are going to be going down there for the same thing. So we just, you know, we, we welcome anybody to come down that wants to stand with us and take a stand, and hopefully we can make some change in our industry. Something good's got to come out of this. Scott, th- Scott, thanks. I'm all out of time. Uh, thanks both for a, a good civil debate and, and standing up and doing something. Thanks for joining us today, and uh, maybe we'll do it again soon. Keep me informed on how things are going. Um, most of those things we might just have to disagree on. We'll be right back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. An insightful and informed look at the trucking industry. The reason they're in this trouble is because of poor maintenance, and the first thing they do is fire their mechanics. Current events and social issues. Well, it's also the way you move your country forward. Educate your kids. And business strategies for any owner-operator. Are we trying to accomplish getting a truck on the road at the cheapest price possible? No. That's short-term thinking, and it will kill you in the long run. For everything trucking, it's Road Dog Trucking Radio on Sirius XM. We know you. Hi, I'm Bob Seidel, a team driver advisor at Schneider. I drove teams with Schneider for 16 years, and it's my goal to help new teams enjoy it as much as I did. Schneider Van Truckload team drivers can surpass $70,000 per year each, totaling five to 6,000 miles a week, plus automated transmissions and electronic logs. Bring a partner or let Schneider help you find one. Team sign-on bonus of up to $10,000 per driver. Join the Schneider team at schneiderjobs.com. That's schneiderjobs.com. This is Jimmy. This is a flaming ghost pepper. Oh, no. It looks like Jimmy is about to eat that flaming ghost pepper. Jimmy shouldn't eat that flaming ghost pepper. And you shouldn't manage your own tolls. Turn to Best Pass, the commercial toll management experts. Don't pull a Jimmy. Get Best Pass and save tons of time and money on tolls. Learn more at GetBestPass.com. Matt Busby is a trucking legend. He goes by the CB handle Roadhog, hauling food and clothes across the country. So without him, we'd all be hungry and naked. Matt insures his big rig with Progressive Commercial, where he can send his customers proof of insurance right from his phone. So Matt, you keep on trucking, and we'll keep on eating and staying generally closed. Find out what makes Progressive the number one insurer of trucking legends across America. Visit ProgressiveCommercial.com today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, number one truck insurer from SNL Financial's 2014 National Written Premium Data. Sirius XM Fly. The channel taking you back. To a time. When everything was, was big. Sirius XM Fly. Your source for hip-hop and R&B from the 90s and 2000s. 
I'm Todd Borton, Weather Channel, with an interesting weather update. Take a look at the north-south interstates. Watch out for some gusty conditions along I-95 through the Carolinas. Even though Hurricane Maria is still well offshore, still looking at those gusty winds that could be affecting your ride, especially right along I-95, those winds coming out of the east and northeast. Something you just got to watch as you're traveling through there. Further off to the west, I-65, a stray shower storm cannot be ruled out in Kentucky, Tennessee, and the parts of Alabama. Same type of thing along I-55 from Missouri all the way down through Mississippi, also affecting I-59 in Mississippi into Louisiana. I-49, an isolated shower storm in Louisiana. I-35, we have some scattered showers and storms from Minnesota into Iowa. A bit of a break, picks back up again in southern parts of Kansas, Oklahoma, into Texas. I-45, a stray shower storm in around the Houston area. I-29, some widespread showers through Dakotas and Iowa. I'm Todd Bork with Custom Weather for Drivers Twice Now on Road Dog Series at 7140. Your money, your taxes, your truck, and your road to success in the trucking industry. Now, now to Trucking Business and Beyond, the show that puts the money where it belongs. Back in your pocket. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. We're heading into the third and final hour of the program. Still time to get through. 8888 Road Dog. We're going to head off to the phones. We're off to Georgia. Annette, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. It's great to talk to you again. Great to have you here. What's on your mind today? Oh, well, I guess what I'm about to talk about is probably timely considering the last conversation you had, but uh, I've been on an ELD now for the last six months, and I know you've asked before, you know, what's the difference between you know, how many miles you make from where you're running before ELD to when you are running an ELD. And uh, I had some numbers for you. Sure. Comparison for my first quarter to my uh, second quarter. Okay. Um, so I'm, I'm in uh, almost the end of the third quarter. So I've had ELDs for six months. So the first quarter was without ELDs, and the second quarter was with an ELD. Um, so my first quarter, I ran uh, 32,851 miles, and uh, my second quarter, I ran 31,445 miles, but I also took a week off in June. So wow. So the mileage is pretty consistent between the two. Yeah. Um, now, my revenue um, in the first quarter was $1.59.2 per mile. And the second quarter, it was $1.578 per mile. My profit for the first quarter was $0.56.4 cents, uh, per mile. And my profit on the second quarter is $0.56.8 cents per mile. Okay. So well, basically, I've, my operation, I've had zero impact by ELD. And I run everything, local, short, regional, long haul, you know, whatever the, the right. um, company needs me to do. So, you know, I'm, I'm in and out of places all the time. Sometimes I have wait time. Sometimes I don't. Uh, perfect example right now, I've just been told by the customer they don't have enough product, so I have to wait till uh, tomorrow morning to get loaded. So 
I'm basically here, but you know, there's worse places I could be, I suppose. But right. Um, I I love my ELD. Uh, I yeah. think it's the greatest thing they ever put into my truck because it protects me um, from a lot of things that could do me harm for you know from lawyers and and whatnot when people want to sue. Um, it also makes going through uh, inspections uh, a lot faster. Like when I get a uh, DOT inspection or whatever, um, it's very quick and easy to go through the people net to, uh, to show them my hours of service. And, you know, I'm always in compliance, so there's never any issues with that. I also don't have to worry about form and matter fines where I, you know, forget to put in a trailer number or a bill of lading number or right. anything like that because I can do it all in, in the in the system quite easily and quickly. And it's kind of foolproof in that you, you you have to enter in the specific data that it wants and it won't let you continue until you get it in there. So it's kind of hard to make a mistake as well. Yeah, you know, I, I agree with all those things you just said. What we're finding is it's a very divisive argument. People like you love their ELDs. They've operated both ways. They love it. I can understand somebody who's who's only ever been on an ELD not understanding the difference. But when you've had both, people are going to make up their own mind based on their own operation. The next caller who come on might give us the exact opposite. He might say he's been screwed. He hasn't been able to get enough miles. He's going broke. Um, And it it would be a legitimate argument from his point of view but ultimately, and my whole point behind you know spending an hour with Scott is none of those types of arguments are going to matter. It doesn't matter whether the ELDs let us get enough miles, don't let us get. The argument, if anything, is going to be on hours of service. The, the only argument on ELDs is the intrusive nature, but that argument is already lost because they've said, look, this is just another yeah, version of a paper logbook. So so if you feel like you gave up your rights to be tracked, you gave up those rights back in 1938. The government can use any means they want to prove that you cheated on a paper logbook. They can use a receipt. They can use a toll ticket. They can use a camera. They can use eyewitness from a scale. They, any way they want to prove that you lied on that logbook, they can. So, So we have been tracked since 1938. Yeah. Um... Well, I, I find sometimes it's just a lack of uh, uh, personal time management on, on some people. They have trouble they get to get used to it because they're used to doing it one way and then they get into this other way, but they can't. You, you, you kind of have to retrain yourself. You know, I, I was kind of forced into getting legal uh, a long time ago, um, and I'm kind of glad that I, I did. I used to run absolutely crazy. Um, you know, 15 years ago when I was in, in the industry, they didn't really care quite how you filled out the logbook. And being a cross-border uh, truck driver uh, from Canada, um, the, the lineups at the border were horrendous. You, you could have been there six, seven, eight hours, and you were required to make that your, your sleeper time. So there would be a lot of times where I'd be running out to Wisconsin and back to Ontario um, turning right around and not having any sleep because that's just the way the industry works. And quite frankly, I would never want to go back to that type of situation. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know what uh, – it's just for I, – I find, you know, with, I agree with you that the hours of service are, are, are somewhat uh, restrictive, but I look at it from the perspective that um, 
until everybody can prove unequivocally without a doubt that this is where they were and this is the situation that they were dealing with that you can't get somebody who deals with rule of law to listen to you until you have raw data in front of them to, to say this is the problem that we're running into the ELB clearly shows that this is the problem that we have and once they can see the problem in front of them with actual real data rather than hearsay and anecdotal arguments then I think maybe that we might be able to get some real change with the ELDs and possibly maybe some better uh, reimbursements for our time, you know, stuck at chippers and, and receivers. So I, I feel that the ELD is actually going to be a beneficial tool for the trucking industry to finally get um, some real light shed on the real problems that we face out here as opposed to uh, just sweeping it all under the rug, which has, you know, been the status quo for decades. Yeah, I, you know, I, I think that we're just going to have a hard time in the court of public opinion arguing that we should be allowed to work more than what we're allowed to work under our current hours of service. And ELDs are just there to enforce that. That's a tough argument. I don't think you can ever win it. I think we, we've got to get down to really addressing the hours of service. So at this point in the game, I'm actually kind of looking forward to the ELD mandate. So you might as well, I, I might as well just jump in and say, look, guys, you, you can say I'm for this all you want. At this point, I guess I am. Um, the time to fight this is way past. Now the time is to look forward and see what we can use this to actually make things better. So if you're, if you're in such a bad position, I'm kind of talking about owner-operators. Now, although this could apply to drivers, too. If you are in such a bad financial position that the only way you can stay driving or stay in business is to cheat and this is going to put you out of business, I guess you're just kind of screwed. Um, The good owner-operators and and the drivers who are financially responsible, this may hurt them. Very well could. Could help. Rates could go up right away. We're just going to have to wait and see. But the point is, if you're going to be in business, you need to be strong enough to weather this kind of stuff. We've had plenty of warning. Now let's try to use this event to get the change in the real problem, which is the hours of service. Let's go to Louisiana. Lewis, welcome to the program. Thank you, Kevin. First, I'd I'd like to make a quick comment on the ELD thing, if I could. Sure. Um, I... I, I am uh, all for the ELD. The only the only thing that, that I can see that well, if they if they if everybody would get and put the same energy to to go in and change the only the only thing the only thing we need to change is the 14 hour clock, and we don't need to get rid of it. We just need to be able to stop it like we do the 11. Correct. And I think that would that would solve 99 percent of the problems. And I you know I think that would work for just about everybody. I haven't done everything. Now, there's some things I don't know, but I think that that would be the, the most beneficial thing we could do. If we stop that 14-hour clock, then then I think that that would uh, solve the majority of all the problems. Well, I, I think you're right in the sense that if we got the entire trucking community together and we took a vote, which we're not going to do because we're not a democracy, by the way. I want people to be clear on that. But if we did, I think that's the one thing that we could actually get a majority on. That rule change itself. After that, things would fall apart because every little segment then wants to argue their piece of all of this. So 
Um, let me uh, let me get to a break. I know you've got truck questions as well. We're going to come back to those right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. XM private performance from Brooklyn on Alt Nation, Channel 36. Hear encores of the killer's private Sirius XM performance throughout the week. Get the full schedule at SiriusXM.com slash Alt Nation. What's the scariest thing about going to the dentist? Opening your mouth or opening your wallet? Because just a simple cleaning can cost $100, and things like root canals can cost you hundreds more. If you don't have dental insurance to help, you should give Physicians Mutual Insurance Company a call. 1-800-500-9481. This isn't a discount plan or preventive-only coverage. This is real dental insurance that helps pay for checkups right away. So you can call today and get your teeth cleaned tomorrow. Plus, it helps cover the more expensive procedures you might need down the road. Fillings, crowns, bridges, even costly dentures. There's no deductible and no annual maximum. Your acceptance is guaranteed for one of these insurance policies, even if you're retired or on Medicare. There are no networks, so you can choose any dentist you'd like. That's right, any dentist you want. Call and we'll rush you a free information kit with all the details. 1-800-500-9481. That's 1-800-500-9481. 1-800-500-9481. Life special moments. So many of them are living on your phone. Multiply the joy those photos bring by printing them with Free Prints. Free Prints is the five-star app for iPhone and Android that lets you print all those great photos for free. You get 1,000 free 4x6 photo prints a year. All you pay is a small shipping and handling charge. You can even print photos at other sizes for next to nothing. Using the Free Prints app is easy. Just select the photos you want to print from your phone or on Facebook or Instagram, choose the sizes, and you're done. Your premium quality Free Prints will arrive on your doorstep in just days. If you're still one of those people who hasn't discovered one of the world's favorite apps, download Free Prints now at freeprintsnow.com and start enjoying real, professional quality free photo prints. The app is free and so are the prints. No subscriptions, no commitments, no funny stuff, just free prints. Go to freeprintsnow.com to get the app and your 1,000 free prints. That's freeprintsnow.com. At Celadon, our drivers come first. That means we know what professional drivers want. We have targeted 15 of our largest locations to increase pay. Top drivers average over $1,200 a week. We are also expanding our customer freight network to help keep you moving and earning. Join Celadon today and be part of a team built to succeed. Call 844-836-9645 or visit driveceladon.com. That's D-R-I-V-E-C-E-L-A-D-O-N.com. Drive safe. Road Dog Live with KC Phillips. It's going to be some great conversation. It's only going to be that way if you join us on the show. Weekdays from 4 to 7 p.m.
Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. The number to join us, 8888-ROAD-DOG. I'm going to go back to Louisiana. Lewis, go ahead. Yes, sir. I've got a, uh, I've got a 97 feet with a, with a cat, a 15 speed, and I've got 411 rears. And, I, you know, I'm doing about five miles a gallon. And I'm looking at trying to get my rears changed, go to something else, and I'm wondering what, what I should try to go to. And also, I'm going to need to put tires on it first. And I was looking at the possibility of going. I've got running uh, tall 24.5s right now, and I was wondering about if I should go to low pro 24.5s or if I should wait until after I get the rear ends changed. Uh, when are you changing the rear ends? I, sometimes probably within the next three or four months. It's not going to make a big enough difference either way. I, I would just base it more on on what works logistically or what's more convenient. Um, the little bit of difference in cost in either direction is not going to matter much. I, I would just make this decision on just what, what's easier or more convenient. Okay. Whenever I go to the rear ends, what should I try to get down to? Uh, how fast do you want to run? I usually run about uh, maybe 60 to 62. Um, I would, and you have a 15 speed, is that right? Yeah, 15 speed. I believe it's an overdrive where I go forward on the high it, gear. It is. Yeah, I, I would actually go yeah. all the way with that cat. I would go all the way to 264s, and I would run this truck in direct, um, which on yours should be 13th, I believe. Um, and then you have a couple of true overdrive gears to work with. So that that's how I would do this. Um, you know, I, I expected this. It didn't take long to happen, but uh, I just want to read a, a, a direct message I received on Facebook. I'm not going to say the name because it doesn't matter. But it said, and I want you to think about this in context of the hour I just spent with Scott. The comment to me says, I really thought you was out here for us owner-operators. After what you just said on the radio about ELDs, and I said this and I have gone back to listen to you, but I am done. This is totally disgusting from a person like you who does not like the government. All this is is government. I don't know how to be more clear about this when I say... I would throw out the hours of service completely. That you can say this is government all you want, but just about everything is. What about the argument that I'm making would make anybody believe that I'm not here for owner-operators? It's all I've ever done my entire life. I grew up as a third-generation owner-operator. I bought my first truck when I was 22. I've owned trucks my entire life. I just realized the other day, I hadn't really thought about this, there was a 30-year period, 30 years, not one single week went by that I didn't pay at least one driver. For 30 years, not one week went by that I didn't have a driver on my payroll, usually multiple drivers on my payroll. My entire company is dedicated to helping owner-operators. Just because I have a different opinion does not mean that I'm not here for the owner-operators. I'm trying to help Scott's group, even though I disagree with about 99% of what they argue, 
I gave him the time to get more support for his group, and I gave him ideas and talking points that if that group actually follows, they might be more effective. I, I just sometimes I wonder, am I really that bad at communicating my points that somebody could come to this conclusion, that I am not here for the owner-operator? I, I, I just flabbergasted sometimes. I don't know why, though, because um, it's nothing new. Let's uh, let's go to Georgia. Kurt, welcome to the program. Oh, good afternoon, Kevin. Thanks for taking my call. What's on your mind today? I've heard everybody claiming to be the voice of trucking or a trucking advocate or whatever is a, a company driver. Would somebody please explain to me how opposing this ELD mandate is in my best interest because all I can really see for company drivers is an economic upside. Um, yeah, I, you know, I guess my point on this is kind of the same point with the last caller. Most of the arguments we see are very, and I understand why they're very self-centered. We all argue from our own point of view and in our own best interest, but I think we've got to get beyond that to get down to the real issue. Because for every argument about, well, this will actually help me, there's somebody else who could prove that it's going to hurt them. I, it, there's no end to those kind of stories. They'll go on and on and on and on, just like when Scott started to list all the times that an ELD um, would cause us to cheat. Or, or, you know, we the 15 minutes from home argument. I've made that one myself. I, I, but, but again, those kind of arguments are going to keep us in the weeds. What we've got to get down to is the base. It, it, this is not an argument about ELDs. This is an argument about hours of service. And, and we've got to get to that point. And we do have to remember that in the public's eyes and in Congress, the lawmakers, their first priority in this is just going to be safety. Now, I, I'm with everybody else. There's absolutely no proof ELDs are going to make anybody safer. There is a great chance that it could do the opposite in many cases. Now, you know, so I think those arguments, we're, we're just we're never going to solve it with those arguments. I think we've got to get down to the, the real core to all of this is can we come up with an hours of service system that would actually work well for everybody or at least better than what we have? I, I'll say it again. I've said this before. I, obviously, people aren't listening. If this were my decision, it would look very, very different. Hours of service might not exist at all. What would exist would be some guidelines, and if you broke those guidelines and caused any kind of a violation, a a ticket, a safety violation, an accident, an injury, a death, you will pay dearly at that point. I, I, I am a much firmer believer in we don't need all these laws and regulations. We just need personal responsibility. And if you're not going to take personal responsibility and somebody else suffers because of that, we're going to punish you heavily. 
uh, I asked you a question about your opening or related to your opening. Sure. Uh, what goes through your head when you hear somebody say that they're giving 110%? Oh, that's one of my pet peeves. That's impossible. Too. That That's impossible. <laughs> I didn't say that in my open, did I? No, no, oh. no. I was going to say, boy, if I said that, I'd, I, I would have to been unconscious because I never use that term, and it makes me crazy when people do. I'm, I'm a retired Marine warrant officer, and, I mean, when, when I hear that, all I think is this lazy SOB thinks just show it up is 100%. That <laughs> is what goes through my head every time. Yeah. Oh, no, we have lots of that mentality now that um, – well, and I'm going to, again, I'm not picking on Scott. I think I said it several times. If the group actually was doing what Scott's doing, I think they would have been very effective. But I think if you go through the 18,000 people in that group, you're going to find a lot more people that think that just because they showed up in the um, ELD or me group on Facebook, they've done their part. All right, well, thank you for time, Kevin. I'll let you get to another caller. All right, thanks. And, and I, well, I am picking on them directly because that's who I'm talking about right now, but that's in general in our population today. People are really, really confused on what doing the hard work really means. We, it, it's that same entitlement mentality, the same everybody gets a trophy. We, it, so that's the argument that's been used against me in this debate. When I keep trying to point out what they're doing wrong, and again, trying to help them be more effective and point out that this is a lousy way of doing it, the attack I get is, oh, well, they're doing something, so you should leave them alone. No, I'm not. Doing something isn't enough. Doing something can be more harmful than good. You can't just do something. You can't just show up and get a trophy. That's the mentality that is ruining this country. You have to show up and do the right thing or show up and do the wrong thing until you figure out that it's the wrong thing and then change it and do the right thing. That's the hard work that I'm talking about. That's what I don't see in our current method of protesting. The taking a knee, which is just disrespectful in my opinion. I know it's their right. It's also the owner's right to get rid of them. It's my right to speak out against them for doing that. The the protest in the cities where we're destroying other people's property and attacking them personally. I, no, I'm not giving those people credit for doing something. They're doing the wrong things. Stick around. We'll be right back. I'm Kevin Rutherford.
country is on Road Dog Trucking Radio. Did you hear about it? Weekday mornings at 1 a.m. East. It's Coast to Coast AM with George North telling it like it is. Widely unreported by the mainstream media over the weekend. Coast to Coast AM with George North. Weekday mornings at 1 a.m. East on Sirius XM's Road Dog Trucking Radio. Message and data rates may apply. Dear Southern New Hampshire University, thank you for making my mommy so happy. Because of SNHU, Daddy does his homework with me. Mommy and I are going to school. We both learn a lot. Now you can get that degree you've always wanted without sacrificing precious family time. Introduce yourself to Southern New Hampshire University. Our high-quality online programs are designed for people like you, busy adult learners who want to improve their careers on their own terms. Get degree information and see how to apply online by texting the word WISH77 to 554433. Our personalized online approach provides all the individual flexibility, support, and encouragement needed every step of the way. And because we're nonprofit, our tuition is amongst the lowest in the country. Thanks, SNHU. Great job, Mommy. Take the first step. Get degree information and see how to apply online by texting WISH77 to 554433. Southern New Hampshire University. See yourself succeed. Text WISH77 to 554433. Warning. If you're drowning in debt you can't afford, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to pay it all back because you don't. What the credit card companies don't want you to know is that there's actually a way to get debt-free without paying off your entire debt or going bankrupt. If you have $5,000 or more in credit card debt, you now have the right to let us settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. For free information, call Credit Associates now. 1-800-900-8407. We'll even show you how much money you could save. If you can't afford to pay off all your debt, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to. Call Credit Associates now for free information on how to get debt-free faster than you ever thought possible without debt consolidation or bankruptcy. We depend on your success and offer a guarantee, so there's no risk. For free information, call now, 1-800-900-8407. That's 1-800-900-8407. 1-800-900-8407. I'm Jeff Eno from the Weather Channel with an interstate weather update where we have seen the wintry weather, the advisories for portions of Idaho, Utah, and into the Bighorns in Wyoming. We've seen the flash flood watches in the parts of Texas, and then of course we do have some rough surf to deal with, courtesy of Maria, along the Atlantic coast in Florida. But we are also looking at that severe weather threat that will continue to track through parts of western Texas, and then all the way up into especially Minnesota, where we see the better opportunity for the storms, and we have seen better shots of storm. Now we're talking about some wet pavement along I-94 from North Dakota into Minnesota, and then you just drop down I-90, South Dakota into Minnesota and Iowa. Stormy weather along I-80, we've seen that in Nebraska, and we've seen those storms along I-70 as you get into Kansas. Storms become much more scattered as you make your way farther south, Oklahoma into Texas. Jeff Eno with Custom Weather for Drivers, twice an hour on the Road Dog, Sirius XM 146 and on the Sirius Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. The number to join us, 8888 Road Dog. Still about a half hour to get through. Lines are pretty busy today. I know a lot of people want to jump in uh, here. So 
We're going to get right back to some phone calls. Let's go to Ohio. Rick, welcome to the program. Good afternoon, Kevin. How are you? Doing great. What's on your mind today? There's one word that describes the entire mess that we're in, both in the national scene and in the trucking scene. It's called complacency. When someone finds out about something that's going to change, they better be getting off their backsides and standing up and saying, okay, I'm against this, and find your buddies to stand behind you or with you. Either way, that's the biggest problem that we have. All of this stuff started back in 1938. Boy, I'd hate to see the seat that that backside was sitting in for so long. That is the biggest problem we have, Kevin. You can't be complacent. You have to be active. Yeah, if you want to be effective, you're absolutely correct. Um, And I think that's why we're seeing all these protests that are so ineffective. And when I I asked the question online is, can somebody point out a – and I put in the word recent for a reason. Can somebody point out a recent protest that has actually changed anything? And people went all the way back to the 60s, like the civil rights movement and voting rights. Those were effective. Those actually, we, we had changed. Something changed from the way that people used to protest till now. They were doing a lot more than protesting. They were active. They were working to get things changed. Um, the The problem with the ELD issue is... The time to change this was during the period when it was being debated. Once, once, once you allowed the, the mandate to become law, at that point, other companies get involved. I'm not here to defend ELD makers, but business is business. If I followed the rules, I followed the letter of law, I saw a business opportunity and decided to invent one of these devices, put in the time, the effort, the investment, the risk, go market it, go compete against everybody. And now all of a sudden, you turn that all around and say, oops, sorry, we screwed up. There's not going to be a mandate. That's just wrong. Yes, it is. One other point that I would like to make, and that is the definition of a protester. A protester is one that gathers a group with a permit and protests peacefully the argument that they would like to present. Presently, we do not have protesters. We have terrorists. And rioters. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. And, you know, I don't know whether they're actually getting a permit to go down, you know, into Washington. I didn't ask a lot that. Of them are not. Yeah. Well, and here's the other problem. Even if you have really, really good organizers with excellent intentions and they do all the right things, it is going to be peaceful. They do have a permit. They did do everything they were supposed to do. The problem is, in our world today, we have way too many people that will crash that protest and turn it from what it was supposed to be into what we keep seeing. I don't know how you stop that. Very simply, they want to trash everything, bust up people's property, public and private. 
they go to jail. Yeah, I I, I, I completely agree with that. Yeah, it doesn't seem to be stopping them, though, is kind of my point. But you're right. That's the bare minimum. We have to at least charge them when they do it. But I, but I, if there was something that I was passionate enough about to go organize a protest, I, I'm not sure how you organize a public protest today and not run the risk of it getting out of control. And it's always going to reflect back on you. Now, we've seen these protesters that have tried to block highways and roads and exits. It gets dangerous. It pisses people off. Those are just individual people standing in the street. What if this truck protest with lots of very large vehicles gets out of control? This could go horribly wrong. I, I just hope, I, even if somebody's thinking about that, I honestly don't know how um, you would stop that. Let's go to let's go to Brent. Brett, welcome to the program. Good afternoon, Mr. Rutherford. This is, this is Brad with Trucking News of America on Facebook. Yeah, what's on your mind today? I'm, I'm, I'm for ELDs. I've been, uh, you know, as you know, I've been driving for 40 years, 4 million miles safe. I've been on two log books. I've been on one log book. I've been on ELDs for the last nine months, or nine years. My biggest issue is with ELDs, and, and I've caught myself doing it, is that last 15 minutes when I need to find a place to park. It is a big problem when it comes to that because of with you the 14-hour clock. Right. If my 14-hour clock was able to stop, I was I would be able to predict or to control what my movement would be in traffic, accidents, weather, whatever. Yep. Uh, but I do got to, I've been, I've been holding back. I've be, I know you've seen my posts on your Facebook before about uh, uh, autonomous trucks. Yeah. I I don't think I don't think it's going to be as close as you say it is. Uh, there's too many things that are well, problems. I mean, I, I, you said you ran out forward forward seeking uh, radar in the front of your truck. You said a million and a half miles, right? Uh, yeah, back in the early uh, 2000s. And did you ever have any problems with bridges or cones or anything People, on the side of the road that would disrupt not, your truck or put your brakes on? No, not one. Not, literally, not one single time. You could ask my driver, because I didn't put all million miles on that truck. A lot of it was my drivers. I did drive it quite a bit, though, because back in the early right. 2000s, I was still driving, not full-time, but I filled in for my drivers quite often back then, so I was still pretty active. No, we we really didn't have. Now we had some false warnings every once in a while. A light might flash, you might get a tone, but nothing to the point where it would decelerate or break. And, and again, I'm not here to argue the technology. That was back in '01. The technology is going to yeah, have it's going to have problems. I've said that. Not only will it have problems, those problems will kill people. We let's just count do you on think it. Think the public will stand up for it. I, I, no, they well, they're going to, because this is coming. I mean, it doesn't matter what the public right. thinks. Honestly, it's coming no matter what the public thinks. But here's my argument against that. Why is the public okay with humans killing each other at the rate of about 100 a day? Pure well, human error. Not, is, eh? it, 
Is it? No, no. And they, they, of course, they're okay with it. They've, they haven't done anything about it. Well, there, what is there to do about it? I mean, do, well, do you want it? Won't change no. training on, on it, people. Well, I'm not just talking about trucks, though. I'm talking about cars. Every, it, no. would, wouldn't you agree? Every accident on the road is human error. One hundred percent. Of course. A hundred percent. So ninety-seven percent. So I'll tell yeah, you. Okay, hundred percent. I'll okay. tell you what they're doing about it. They are implementing things like auto braking in cars that are already saving lives. The auto and well, that's and when when people say it's not going to happen as soon as I think it is. That's an incorrect statement. I'm saying it's already happening. How much? I don't know how much more clear I could be about that. It's already happening. No, I mean, fully autonom- I'm talking about fully autonomous. I'm not talking about semi-autonomous, you know, or, or braking or and, and what we already have, the technology we've had for the last five or six years. I'm talking well, about fully autonomous driving. Fully autonomous. But they're already on the roads. T- test- yeah, but they're testing. Who's going who's so, to be able to afford these vehicles d- just like the Tesla? What, wait a minute. Hold on. Do you know how much the cost of the autopilot option is on the Tesla? Just the option. Forget about the cost of the car. The cost of the car is $100,000 for a lot of other reasons. But to add the autopilot feature, do you know what the cost is? I have no clue. $3,500. That's it. This is cheap, cheap, cheap technology. This is not expensive stuff. I mean, you could go to my. I don't. I'm not a, into protesting. I'm not into any of that in my on my uh, Facebook. You know, Trucking News of America. I'm not into all that. I just. I don't know. I just can't see where any fully autonomous truck or car will be implemented in the next ten years. But, well, that's my point. They're already being implemented. Not just in testing either. We, we have freight being moved with platooning already. So, I mean, we, we could split hairs and say, but that's not autonomous. Well, yes, it is. Uber has a million miles logged on their fully autonomous vehicles already. There's a Chinese company that swears they will have level four and five autonomous vehicles in five years, a fleet of them. I don't think I would bet against all this money being sold. I could turn out to be completely wrong. I wouldn't bet against it. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Hey, it's Jason Ellis from The Jason Ellis Show. This is Michael Tully from The Jason Ellis Show. You don't have to listen if you don't want to. Nobody's forcing you to do anything here. I don't even care. Maybe I'm, Maybe it's good. Maybe it's not. You could be totally not into this. I could be the most annoying person you've ever heard. I think you would like it, but what do I know? I'm wrong about stuff all the time. I've hated me before, so I don't blame you. The Jason Ellis Show, live every day at 3 p.m. East, noon west on Faction Talk 103. And available anytime with Sirius XM On Demand. What do you call charging thousands of dollars for hearing aids? I call it outrageous because hearing should not be a privilege for the rich. It's a basic right everyone deserves. Hi, I'm Dr. Chara Curry, board-certified ear, nose, and throat physician. If you or a loved one suffer from hearing loss but can't afford thousands for a hearing aid, I created MD Hearing Aid for you a high-quality medical-grade hearing aid for a fraction of that price. Try MD Hearing Aid at home risk-free for 45 days. Call 1-800-400-8407. 
No costly doctor's visit. No expensive and time-consuming fittings or appointments. No ugly, old-fashioned hearing aid that costs thousands. MD Hearing Aid is an FDA-registered, audiologist-tested hearing aid that's discreet and lets you hear what you've been missing at a savings of more than 80% off the average price of a traditional hearing aid. Try MD Hearing Aid risk-free for 45 days. Call 1-800-400-8407. Plus, you'll get free shipping and free batteries for a year. 1-800-400-8407. Policies issued by American General Life Insurance Company, Houston, Texas. Not available in all states. For details, visit AIGdirect.com. Do you have a family? Would you like to help make sure they'll be taken care of if anything were to happen to you? If you answered yes, you probably need life insurance. Now, do you think life insurance is expensive? If you answered yes to that, too, you definitely need to give AIG Direct a call. We could find you a quarter of a million dollar policy for just $14 a month, which means you could save hundreds of dollars a year. Call us now for a free, no obligation quote. 1 800 700 9920. Since 1995, we've helped millions of people find out if they could save up to 70% on their term life insurance. See how affordably we can help you protect your family. Call AIG Direct now for your free quote. 1 800 700 9920. You could save up to 70%. That's 1 800 700 9920. 1 800 700 9920. Operators, does your truck need an engine overhaul but you lack the cash or credit? Is your bruised credit preventing a truck purchase? Call CAG Truck Capital. Good credit, bad credit, startups, and even bankruptcy. Qualify for your loan over the phone at 800-932-CASH. 800-932-CASH. Mention promo code TRUCKS1 and get $500 off your first payment. Call 800-932-CASH. Get the cash you need and get back on the road at 800-932-CASH. At 7 a.m. East, it's the Dave Nemo Show. With news, traffic, and weather updates, we'll get you where you need to be. Exclusively. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. The number, you know what? Forget the number. We're down to the final segment. I got a bunch of calls anyway. I'm going to get to them. Um, Matt just updated me on uh, fatalities way up this year, over 110 a day. So getting worse then. Um, And honestly, we're okay with that. It's been that way forever. We let it go. We don't make a big deal when people die on the road. But let an ELD or not an ELD, I'm sorry, an autonomous vehicle kill somebody. We're going to make a big deal out of it. I'm not disagreeing with that. We want to make them safe. But what people don't understand is all of our safety enhancements today are coming from autonomous technology. They are making the roads much safer. So that that unsafe argument is just, again, it's the wrong argument. If we wanted to fight against autonomous vehicles, which I think would be a really stupid idea because they're coming, but if we wanted to fight against them, we better make the right arguments. That, again, would be the wrong argument. Let's uh, let's get to some phone calls before we got to wrap this up. Let's go to California. George, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. I'm so glad I, I made it through. You're here. What's uh, on your mind today? 
Oh my God, I would like to speak with you uh, for the entire day because uh, <laughs> the more I listen to you, the more I realize you're a really wise man and I uh, have a lot of things to learn from you. Um, and I'm trying to listen to you for a couple of weeks uh, since you brought up ELD issues and uh, protests going on. And uh, I kind of was with kind of had the same opinion as the guy uh, ELD or me. Uh, when it comes to protests, I'm a son of a revolutionary. You know, uh, if I'll be up to me, I'll make such a big protest that I guarantee <laughs> you that there will not be LDs. There you go. I guarantee you that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, few people like me um, that are really to, really willing to give up their life for their freedom. Uh, but... Um, with the ELDs, one thing uh, what I keep on hearing and you're saying um, is uh, hours of service. And I don't know if I agree that much with that. Uh, I think the, the, the issues, um, you know, listening to you and, you know, I, I agree. Whenever I talk with somebody else about the ELD issues, you know, other issues came out. So there's a bigger issue in the trucking industry, and uh, a lot of pressure is brought up to uh, drivers, and um, it should be put more on the big carriers, shippers and receivers, the DOT. I mean, I'm talking about uh, staging areas here, uh, parking spots. I think that's a bigger issue than the hours of service, because... You know, that, that's my my big thing. I understand the good part of what you're saying where, um, you know, the ELD might be a good thing. You know, the we probably will get bad, uh, paid better. Uh, here, probably the 34 hours uh, restart, you know, that's one thing that I would, you know, don't like to see if the ELD, I mean, the ELD are coming, but, you know, for me, you know, I do, I started doing this more for pleasure, and then, you know, since I got married, kids, and stuff like that, I did to get enough money under this to be able to stay home with the family. Right. And, you know, for me, it was, you know, when, you know, the ELD issues started to be really serious, it was that with the ELD, for what I do, because, you know, I'm I'm not doing that well in the as owner operator in this business. I'm trying to find better ways, but as right now I'm fine. But me personally, I don't know what I'm gonna do because I'm not gonna be able to do the same thing on ELDs. Uh, in order but, to make the same money, but, I'll, ha I'll have so to. So let me just stop you there, because really you just hit the nail on the head again. We, we can't go to Washington. We can't go to the public and say, I can't make money on ELDs, because we might as well just hold up a big sign that says, I've been breaking the law, and I want to be able to keep breaking the law. Because that's all I we're really saying. I agree with you. My only thing is, is not sell the money because I, I can make the same money on ELDs but that means less time with my family 
last time on personal but, time. But, but again, so uh, hold, on, I, hold on. I don't want to go to Washington. It only means less right. time with your family because you're not cheating anymore. It, it, our argument is with the hours of service first. The only argument against yeah. ELDs was the tracking, but even that comes back to the logbook. I, I, I agree with the tracking um, thingy. You know, I, I'm, I don't, you know, I, I don't want to be tracked. But what I would like to see is let's make our, which I'm trying to do, make our congressmen sign the petition to extend the uh, uh, ELD mandatory for two more years jo- and jo- try to resolve the, the bigger issue. I, 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 I which might. I I... Le- lack, of, lack of parking Ooh, and, uh, you know, like, hold, like big hold. source. Let me let me ask you a quick question about that, though, because you're right. You and I could probably talk for at least an hour on this, um, probably all day. The parking issue, I've actually tackled that one before. That's not an easily solvable problem. It really only comes down to one thing. Are you willing to spend our government tax dollars to create more parking? Because that's the only way you could fix that one. You can't force you can't you know, force a private as a business. Owner, you know how much money you pay for the roads, right? Right. And right now, for example, California and Arizona, California on I-15 going from uh, Nevada to uh, South California, Arizona on I-10 uh, coming into Arizona uh, into Arizona from California. They're building a big way station in California. It's already built, so they have money for that, but they don't have money for. Uh, a side parking on the road with, a, you know, just, um, you know, own ramp and exit ramp with, you know, small facilities. They have money. They're just not using it where they're supposed to use but, it. But hold on. Hold, hold, hold on. Let me, let me tell you the difference. A scale is a revenue-generating space. You make money. Oh, well, that's, that's economical. They're not going to put up that scale unless they can make a lot of money. They're, they're putting up that scale as a state, hoping that they generate more revenue from having the scale there than what they spent. They don't look at a scale as an expense. They look at it as revenue generating. You can't put in parking and unless you're willing to charge for it. I'd be all for that. I, I, I think we should be paying for parking. I think that would help solve the problem. I, I'm going to have to cut you loose. I'm coming up on the end. Like I said, I, I probably talked to you all day. I think you've got some good points. But the other thing we have to be careful of is getting so far off track. It, it, we try to tie parking into ELDs or these other things. Into, I think we've got to stay very, very focused on what the problem is, and that's hours of service. Let's go to Texas. Kevin, welcome to the program. Yeah. My question on the ELD is uh, it's GPS-based, correct? Yes. Why are GPSs not allowed on government property? Well, of course they are. I drive onto the post office every day with the GPS in my car. Go into a military base and see what happens. Yeah, you didn't say military base. You said government property. Well, that's government property. Well, it's and one more than just it's, military it's, bases that don't allow GPS. So they're going to have to adjust to that, and they will. They'll adjust to so that. What you're telling me now is I can take my ELD in and out of the truck at will 
No, I never said that. When did I say that? Well, that's that's my question. Are you know I'm on an ELD. Well, here's the thing: if I the government military if, base, and they said you cannot have a GPS. Well, then I I've guess the I hold, hold on, hold on, because I don't, I only have a little bit of time. I guess on December nineteenth, the military bases are no longer going to get their shipments delivered. And they're going to figure out how to fix that. I mean, that's really a lousy argument. I got to tell you, that argument is going nowhere. They will, they will solve those kind of problems quickly um, because they need to get their freight. They will make exceptions. You're not going to have to take the ELD out. They'll just change their rules so that then they can get their freight. And that's kind of my point. A two-year delay just makes most of this stuff worse. So let's get it over with. We lost.